Loosely translated, that's welcome to episode number 82 of the Whatever Show. Are we leaving that in? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Episode 82, guys. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. Um, Defenders. Um, so we weren't really hyped up, I think, too much by Iron Fist, but the Defenders trailer comes out, uh, came out this week, and it looks really cool. We're going to talk hey, about that. To be fair, I was super hyped up about Iron Fist, and then I saw it. That's true. Okay. Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Uh, we get the first look at Marvel's The Inhumans, which is going to be on ABC, of course, and has, as far as I can tell, no real relation to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Why? I don't know, because Marvel has to have its head in its ass, apparently, too. Um, we're going to talk Star Wars stuff. Uh, I have not seen this. BB-8, Rolling the Fine Loot. Uh, I think that's kind of a little bit, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it a little bit there. And um, we've got the first of our cool trailers this week. Or not the first, but we've got another cool trailer, I should say, this week. Uh, the Man in Black fled, cl- fled across the desert, and the Gunslinger followed. Of course, we're talking about the Dark Tower. Can I tell um, you why I'm not excited about this when we get there? Yeah, I mean, I, I assume that's I mean, part. That's I guess, usually I guess the people show are going to have to let, wait and, because and Stephen King there. adaptations like rarely completely live up to mm, what they should. No, that's not why at all. And and I think my feelings are going to okay, probably well, be let's, echoed across let's leave, the Let's leave that meat in the show. I, th- I think this is how you. Uh, we're, we're not going to bury the lead this time. Is what no. we're doing? Is it, or is that know. the right thing? Or is it? I shouldn't put my dick on do. the table right now. Is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, just yeah, we'll go into it a little bit. Put whatever you want on the table. Give me a nice back massage or something first, at least. I mean, I'm not okay. Uh, we've got Game of Thrones news. There's apparently going to be four spinoffs. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, um, some stabbings, of course. The Flash. We're going to talk Savitar. And uh, so if you're not caught up on that, you might want to skip that section. We'll give you spoiler warnings when we get there. We got some comic books that I read some of, uh, and Matt's going to tell us about the ones that I missed. And then finally, we get some wrestling news. Uh, hey, some hey. follow up with the. Uh, uh, I read, I read a quarter of like one of those. Comics. Hey, wow. We didn't, we didn't watch our classic match either, but we might actually be able to like. We might fit that in. We might be able to fit that in. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You can bullshit it. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, stick around. So let's talk the uh, Netflix Defenders trailer because I think that's kind of the meat of the show this week. And or Bryce, one of my favorite ones. It. I, yeah. I just watched it. It's like it's fresh in your mind. So, oh, uh, oh, by the way, guys, Bryce is here this week. Oh, yeah, hey, um, hey. welcome to me. Semi-regular host of the show, we, Bryce is is with us. We got a lot of feedback on the last show he was on about how we weren't quite racist enough, so we brought him back. Yeah. Wait, who <laughs> gave you feedback on that? <laughs> Nobody. It's okay. It was mostly just Eddie. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was a, as he was editing yeah, yeah no, we, we, I think we just left that all in uh, we hope that you understand that we're not actually racist but we do like humor that's terrible terrible uh, taste mm. um, and, it's important to yeah. note the distinction that we are not racist but we are still terrible people so very 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 bad people yeah judge us still but judge us for the right reasons thing yeah. exactly um, so let's talk let's talk defenders so uh, hallway fights man marvel's just got like the biggest boner for hallway hallway fights or at least netflix does uh yeah because we had the first season of daredevil the big hallway fight there um and we had the stairwell fight luke, in luke season cage. two uh, yeah we had the luke cage hallway fight um and then we had the um oh it was the prison hallway fight in daredevil season two with punisher yeah. yep and this looks to uh, be very jessica similar jones, jessica jones also uh did some hallway fighting you know, dude. breaking through the own win- the window of her own. Yeah, yeah. Dude, yep. I, and I haven't I haven't watched Jessica Jones again like in a while. Like right. Daredevil, it was the first of its kind, so I kind of it sticks out more. 
Right. And season two of Daredevil especially, is so fucking off the chain that like I can't not remember it. But Jessica Jones, as good as that hallway fight was in Daredevil, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was a memorable scene for sure. Oh, yeah, man. I actually I've gone back and um, rewatched just that fight scene because it's so good. I, I've seen that fight scene a few times as well as the um, the stairwell with the with the chains. Yeah, and uh, and of course, I, I think the other big standout, of course, is the Punisher hall- hallway yeah. fight. And everything else, don't get me wrong, I think Luke Cage and Jessica Jones did a pretty good job of it. It, it they kind of pale in comparison to those, I think. And Iron Fist, I don't know, you just you got to up your game, man, because Iron Fist fight scenes were pretty lackluster, given that he's supposed to be like the martial arts master of them. You know? So here's the thing, um, I'm reading Iron Fist the comic book right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is I think his first like quote-unquote like actual ongoing series mm-hmm. and um it's really good so far but it's also set like a tournament style thing where like he gets he like loses his chi and he gets taken to this island to defeat the masters that are on this island it's kind of like kung lao but it's like an offshoot that it, nobody knew existed is there a, a, a mirror maze on this island and um, not yet oh, okay um when does uh goro come in right right <laughs> Um, so seriously, like it, it's really all about him, like defeating these other masters and then absorbing their chi to recharge his own. And it's cool, but like, I don't know when he's done on the Island, what kind of longevity the series has because it's a Kung Fu fucking comic book. So like you have to be able to work Kung Fu in somehow. And I don't think that the series Iron Fist actually did that quite enough. If, I mean, I could be wrong, um, I didn't like the choreography for the first half of the season either, and so that didn't help when they even when they had fighting. I was like, "Well, that's kind of weird." <laughs> I, I read Shady. a, um, and you know, t- definitely take this one completely seriously because it was a completely unsourced comment on Reddit. But I read a thing that said essentially that um, the choreography was basically rehearsed on the spot. So like they were they were sometimes learning the choreography for the fight scenes, you know, uh, you know hours before the actual fight scene. Uh, or even, you know, as, as, as little as 15, 20 minutes. Or they were training and didn't realize the cameras were rolling until they heard somebody yell cut. And they're like, nope, we're good. We're going to go with it. <laughs> yeah. Just leave that in. That's yeah. all good. That's golden. You definitely yeah. look like a martial arts master. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that made me feel a little bit better, at least for the actors, because I kind of thought that if given the chance, like, uh, um, what's his face could have played a more convincing uh, uh, kung fu fighter in, in Danny Rand. Um, but man, if they really were pushing it that fast, that's just I, ridiculous. I, like Marvel really kind of screwed the pooch on that one. And I, I can't for the life of me remember his name right now. And I feel terrible about it, but, um, Loris Tyrell. No, no, <laughs> Danny not, Rand. Not yeah. Sir Loris. <laughs> it's not Sir Loris. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a little dead. He was, he, Iron Fist in that universe means something entirely different. Um, <laughs> just, is that kind of like the Iron Fist that I was trying to pitch via text message the other day? I, th- I think it might be. Yeah. Um, <gasps> No, 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 let's just not give it, the audience any context on that. It's exactly how it sounds. Um, uh, well, yeah, seriously, like I want to get there yourself. I watched, yeah. I watched the trailer that we that we posted in the show notes, and I immediately was just like imagining like a porn where it's the rest of them running the train on Jessica Jones, and I was just like, <laughs> well, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, I don't know. I, I, I actually like the chemistry they kind of had between characters there. Like I like it. Yeah, Finn Jones. Uh, I mean, she she probably hates herself enough to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah she does have the like alcoholic self loathing oh, yeah. kind of thing oh, going yeah. on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I could read you my transcript. Do I don't know if that's good. I, I don't know. If, hold on, I gotta get the marker button ready. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It just this whole like I like the way that they interact. Uh. Just in general, like the the um characters all kind of feel uh the way that they should in their interactions. I think feel really good at least from the trailer. I'm really hoping um. 
Iron Fist honestly has soured me a little bit on this, but I think that the Defenders is going to be such a big deal for them that they're going to do it right and it's going to work out really well. So um, go watch the trailer. There's lots of cool things in here. One thing we didn't even touch on a little bit is Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver's in this trailer. She plays a we we talked about this on the show several issues back or several episodes back, but she plays a bad guy of some sort. Um, I don't, don't fucking know who. Know who. Um, <laughs> and she looks bad though. This She's trailer bad. this trailer yeah. gives nothing away uh, in in who she is or what it is her goal is. Um, but yeah. Do, do you guys want the transcript? Do, do we? <laughs> do, I do. I'm not. I'm not privy to this. Okay. So, all right. You got to set it up. It's it's typical porn scene. Only it's Jessica Jones and the and rest of the defenders. As we bow, said, bad people. Bow, bad people. And I really only have some dialogue from from a couple of the characters. Wait, wait. But who's delivering the pizza to whom? Luke. Luke Cage. Luke Cage's dialogue is Murdoch. You just grab my balls. <laughs> and of course, Daredevil says, "Dude, I'm blind. I can't even see my own balls." <laughs> And Jessica has the, the the best porn line ever, which is now I know why they call you the Iron Fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I think I have a real career in directing uh, porn parodies, or at least writing them at some point. You yeah, you I, really I, need to l- w- listen to a podcast called uh, My Dad Wrote a Porno. Oh, I've heard of that. You would you would highly enjoy it. <laughs> I keep I keep meaning to put that in my queue because uh, it, it is. I uh, dude, it sounds it's, awesome. It's I brilliant. think it would just inspire me though. Like, so you know, no, it's well, this, I mean, this British dude whose whose dad is probably like seventy or something or sixty or whatever, and he just decided to to write a erotic literature, and so they they read it and you know obviously make fun of it because it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's. It's Best. absolutely worth it. The, the the title of the porno is is Belinda Blinked. Dude, <laughs> yes, um, that's that's amazing. So yeah, you should listen to that because like I, I think if it does inspire you, that's probably a good thing. Like every every art form needs its Van Gogh, and yeah. I think I think that yeah, could yeah. be you. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All um, right. So before we leave the defenders topic, um, I I didn't really chime in on much of it because I was too busy trying to find my my porn dialogue yeah um and he's like well maybe if we just added a subtle you know little you know i can't go on we'll just no porn directing in her head um, right now no i really enjoyed the trailer though um i and and i think i made the comment to you uh via text message that i i, I feel like danny rand is more convincing as a support character in an ensemble cast um than than maybe as a lead or well, at least he, in how they portrayed him as a lead kind of goddamn well has to be at this point because uh his portrayal is is um don't get me wrong, it wasn't bad, but there's just several directions in Iron Fist that just make it bad. Like, again, it, it doesn't matter. It, it could have been um, fucking Kevin Spacey uh, uh, playing the, the lead character, and it still would be bad because the dialogue is just shit in a lot of places, and the story doesn't make sense in a lot of places. So. I mean, I, I feel like... It, I, I feel like there's no modern equivalent to, like, a cheesy exploitation-style kung fu movie. And and that's really kind of the only direction you can go with the Iron Fist as as... I mean, look at, we had Kung Fu, and then we had Kung Fu The Legend Continues with David Carradine, right? And, like, mm. that, what what can you do with a guy who basically just kicks people? That, you, you know, know, like, it's... That would have been a valid direction, I think, to go with this if it were not attached to this universe. Like, I think they got the right sort of um, style for it. Uh, the problem was that the story was weak in a lot of places. Like, don't... They're, they, like, when we started... Uh, as soon as I met what's his face, the brother, um, I can't remember what his name is. Um, the which, whiny one. Yeah, the whiny one. The the first thing I thought was like, holy god! It's like you guys storyboarded out this thing, and you're like, ah, oh, we need an evil corporate guy, and so let's throw that. In. And then they just never Ward. wrote it past that. Ward. Yeah, they never wrote past uh, um, 
having him just be an evil corporate guy. Yeah. Uh, um, and, until and this they... is not to be confused with the ward from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that ward was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then, they, then when they tried to d- develop that character a little bit more, they developed it in, in ways that just didn't make any fucking sense. Like, they, they couldn't, you know, they were like, plot point, plot point, and they never decided how, you know, you were going to connect those two things together. No, honestly, yeah, I was like, okay, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, um, strange Asian girl who's going to be important later. Uh, and then... There was that weird dynamic between Ward and Harold, the dad. Yeah. Where they didn't explain why they were like the same age for the first four or three or four episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, that, that one, at least I'll give them a little bit. It was weird when I was watching it in, in, initially. Um, and I think probably what they should have done is I, they should have given a tease on that in the first episode, episode or two. I had to tell you, I was like, uh, it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> St- stick around. There, there is a reason that's at least a semi-sensical for that. So yeah. And- but, but then the show didn't really pick up until Madame Gao showed up and that was, and when Madame Gao showed up, I was like, familiar territory. Yeah. Um, even, even the way that they could sort of ham fistedly as it stuck, uh, um, Claire Temple, you know, in, in Rosario Dawson in, in the series was kind of like that. Really? That's the best way you could have figured out to I do know, that. That no. was weird. They're just like, okay. They're friends. Yeah, I guess Claire Temple takes uh, kung fu classes now or something like that. So uh, that's how they wrote her into the series. And it's it was just kind of dumb. And is really good with those hand spike things. Yeah. And, you know, even the nice. way that um, Danny meets Colleen, like that whole thing, it's just like she should have been pepper spraying him after the first conversation. Like, I know she should have immediately moved to pepper spray and, and like, you know, uh, blew on the rape whistle because that was the vibe that I got from that scene. Yeah, especially since he showed up, like, in rags, basically. Yeah. Um, it, 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 honestly, it brought back that scene from Pulp Fiction when Jules is telling uh, Vincent that he's going to um, quit being a hitman and just go wander the earth. And, like, Vincent is like, no, you're going to be a fucking bum. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. All so, right. So like, can, we, can we just sidebar back to where Eddie's example of a, of a good kung fu actor was Kevin Spacey? No, okay, yeah, that that is that is oh, a horrible yeah, yeah, pick. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, as far as actors go, <laughs> Kevin Spacey is a great fucking actor. It's just that they could not write for him in this. I, I mean, I just he, obviously, he shouldn't play Iron Fist. Come off but, your head, um, top of your head. Well, when I think of like inspired, you know, nuanced acting, I, I don't usually go to the kung fu genre. Um, no. Uh, so yeah, but I'm just saying, like, they could have picked any you know amazing actor and had him, you know, given them whatever direction to say the lines that he was written, and it still would have came off like horseshit. So. <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. Nope. Also, I, Kevin, so uh, it, not so, not well known, but Kevin Spacey does have a, a a small tai chi practice, and he kicks ass. We I um, made that up. I made yeah, that up. I know. I know. Is, is there a move in tai chi that'll make a grown man shit his pants and not know why? <laughs> um, I to to back to the original topic, which was the defenders, though, because for some reason when we talk about the defenders, we just have to talk about how shitty Iron Fist was. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um. I, 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 I actually, <laughs> well, that was the whole context. Like, uh, there's Danny, and he didn't even fuck it up too much. No, I, yeah, I, I enjoyed actually watching what little I saw of him in the trailer. No, um, I, I but, think he works a lot better in the trailer. But I'm super excited about seeing Charlie Cox back on on screen. Like, I need more Charlie Cox Daredevil. Mm, oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. So, would you say you need more Cox? I would. I, I would. <laughs> I would say that's a safe assumption. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, I would. I would ask who doesn't. Yeah, just a bunch of grown-ups around here. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, the, the trailer is actually really good. Um, we're probably glazing over it. I, I haven't watched it for a few days now, so I don't remember the be- uh, um, probably some things that I'm missing. Well, I mean, what are we supposed to do? Like a, a point by point? You, you can't really dissection well, of well, a you, trailer. I mean, there, there are people that will do like a a, a forty five minute long dissection of a two minute trailer. We're not going to do that necessarily. Let's not be those people. Not this episode no, anyway, because we've totally done that. Yeah. Uh, just so we're clear. Uh, Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Force Awakens. No, not that one. Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Totally though. Pretty much every one of those so far. Really um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, the thing with the Marvel uh, Netflix series is that we've really only gotten, like, one lemon. And so it's not really that difficult for me to get super excited now that there's a new trailer out for something that actually has characters that I care about in it. Um, and, and it's not that I don't care about Danny Rand. I do. I think he's just wasn't given much to work with. What I would you know, be really, so. I think, looking for is when they do season two of Iron Fist. If it's not markedly better, are they better, doing season two? Because that wouldn't surprise me if they didn't. I think they will. Um, just if nothing else, because even if the show isn't a net win for them, it, it's just one of those things that um, it helps increase the whole universe. So I think they'll do it anyway. Can I get Jessica Jones season two first? Yeah, that would you, be nice. You're supposed to anyway, aren't you? I think so. But since the, it I, came out first, no, I think yeah, the same no, order. they're not because what? there wasn't really. It still is yet to be confirmed that we are getting season two of Jessica Jones. It's been thrown out there, but nobody is actually committed to it because well, of honestly, though. Part of the reason the first season was so successful is because of how fucking good David Tennant was and how fucking great Kill Kilgrave was as a character. So, like, that's sort of a huge thing to try and balance out for a second season that's just gone. Like, what you do with Jessica Jones moving forward, I think, has to almost involve Luke Cage. Yeah. See, but especially here's the thing considering too, like, the way the comic books went, and I'm not saying that they're following. I I will give you storylines that uh, Kilgrave is probably like my favorite villain in the Mar- Marvel universe. Like full stop, Marvel universe. Period. Kevin, uh, uh, David Tennant. Dave, David Tennant. Sorry, Kevin. Where was I going with that? <laughs> McAllister, uh, maybe. Yeah, Kevin McAllister <laughs> in the Home Alone movies when he yeah. Um, Greatest he put, villain. He puts ever. the cars oh. under the stairs, guys. That's horrible. Uh, no. Uh, he swings paint cans at Jessica Jones's head. <laughs> yeah, so uh, um, obviously Tennant did a fantastic job as Kilgrave, and I think that is probably my favorite portrayal of a Marvel villain so far, um, including the MCU, or maybe even especially the MCU, because they have you know typically weak villains. Um, <clears throat> Dude, like the, the Purple Man, like I don't understand how like a team like the avengers like there's no way they defeat him because he's so fucking well i mean there, just... there's a way it's just like you had you saw what jessica had to go to do that and right. that's a that's a phenomenal story and i think yeah if the avengers had to take him out it, it, they would have you know it wouldn't simply be like a, oh you know tony walks in and shoots him with a missile or something like that it would be a story that would be interesting but anyway um what i was going to say is like you kind of had the same th- sort of thing with daredevil uh kingpin in daredevil season one was like that level of villain like he, he's probably not maybe not my second choice but probably my second or third choice as far as villains in the marvel universe so far um and then of course they went on and did season two and they blew that shit out of the water so uh um don't get me wrong King, kingpin's portrayal was amazing and that whole thing was great but uh what they did with season two and the villains there was it still managed to make a super interesting awesome season two so much so that i might even say that season two was a little bit better than season one i think the things that they did right with the with the Marvel Netflix series up until <clears throat> Iron Fist was that even Jessica Jones and Luke Cage like they they followed a formula and it was really like a thirteen hour long movie uh, yeah uh, like one one thing really did have to do with the next when you were watching the episodes whereas Iron Fist was a little bit more episodic and there were some episodes that were just kind of like um 
I didn't feel like in the other series that there was many burner episodes, you know, like things that just had to happen to move the plot along. I felt yeah, like everything sure, that kind of happened was important. Things, yeah. 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 And with the Danny Rand, um, Iron Fist series, it, it was one consistent story, but there were things that happened in some episodes that like didn't necessarily have to happen in order for the story to move along. And they were just kind of there. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like, um, you know, it was still a very serialized thing and the each, each episode progressed to the next, but it's sort of like a, almost like it felt like a soap opera in that the writing on that happens, you know, days or weeks in advance. And it sort of kind of felt like they showed up on set and they were like, well, we got to film something. And so they, you know, sort of meandered their way through a plot until they got to the next episode. But I mean, really, when you think about it, like, unless you missed the episode where Harold like got up out of the swamp. Yeah. I mean, you could miss any episode in there and kind of pick up what was going on. Yeah. And, and with, without a whole lot of difficulty. Um, so I I think that's a good point. There, there was a lot more cohesion in the series previous to this. Um, but yeah, uh, so anyway, Defenders, I'm I'm still looking really forward to it. I think that probably most of what made Iron Fist bad, um, and I won't go so far as to say it was bad, but part, part of the thing that made it li- not live up to the previous hype of the other three series so far is mainly things that are under control or can be easily controlled with the Defenders. You know, so like one of, one of the things I've heard is there's a lot of time pressure uh, on Iron Fist. And so when you just don't get the days or weeks or, you know, the time you need to tweak uh, plots until you you know because there is a there are the bones of a good story in there it's just that they never really tweak the things to be a great story and so i think that uh all that's going to be moot with defenders i don't think the defenders is going to come out until it's really good the defenders was the, the was the reason that we're getting these individual series in the first yeah. place like I mean, they've, they've, they've been planning this for a long yeah, time i'm like sure the defenders point. was the end game so yeah all right so let's talk in humans next um so Entertainment <laughs> Weekly brings us um, our first look at Inhumans with an interview in for the showrunner um, who he said, you know, the first thing I noticed, and I didn't know this off the top of my head, was, well, he'd just gotten done with Iron Fist. Um, so the showrunner for Inhumans was, uh, and I, I'm going to go check out his IMDb while you give me your thoughts on it, but um, he was involved with Iron Fist as well. I don't know if he was the showrunner or what, but I'll figure it out for you in just a second. Yeah. So we don't know much about Inhumans yet. We do know that it's technically, I guess, not necessarily spun off from agents of shield which is absolutely fucking retarded considering agents of shield has spent so much time um actually developing the inhumans as a a believable uh force within the marvel universe um we are getting the royal family with the inhumans though which we've not seen yet in in shield so i guess maybe that's why they're not calling it a spinoff mm-hmm and when I say royal family, I mean like um, Medusa and Black Bolt and, you know, the obnoxious kid that they have and whatnot. But uh, I don't know, man. Um, looking at the still that they put up of the, of the, the group together, uh, they're obviously going to have to enhance these people with some kind of CG or, or effects or anything like that. Because if they're just left in their costumes, it's going to look a lot like the Generation X movie that came out in the late 90s. See, what scares me about this Wait, is there was that... a Generation X movie that came out in the late 90s? Yes. What? <laughs> and made for TV. I don't even know. Oh, made okay. for TV. That's probably why I didn't know about it. <laughs> he was... Yeah. He's credited on IMDb as... Uh, this is Scott Buck we're talking about. He's credited on IMDb as being a producer for Iron Fist. Um, so... I don't know if that makes me feel better. It doesn't really make me feel better at this point about. Inhumans. I mean, at least they didn't say he was the showrunner. Yeah, so um, he's going to be right. the showrunner for uh, Inhumans, and you know the the thing that I think about this still is 
it looks shitty. Uh, like the, the especially Medusa. I think the other characters I think can kind of get by because uh, one of the defining character characteristics of Medusa is uh, her hair. And right. her hair looks terrible in this. Dude, that, so, that's going to be enhanced. Like, it has to be. Well, you're saying that, but you know how expensive that is to do? Like, number one, hair is one of the most intensive things to CG. Like, mm-hmm. you ask ask uh, uh, Pixar. They know all about this shit. Like, one of the reasons Monsters, Inc. didn't happen until the time that it happened in their run was because mm-hmm. they, couldn't, they couldn't do Sully right. They couldn't do mm-hmm. Sully right. One of the reasons that they took so long to make Brave is because uh how they how how um, hair Meredith's hair yeah getting the renderings for Meredith's hair right and making it look natural or making it look like hair is just so fantastically difficult for cg to do because each one of those little strands requires so, so much computation um so anyway looking at medusa's hair to me it looks like a really really shitty wig and that's unfortunate because that's probably like when you think about like picture this character in your mind medusa's hair should probably be one of the first things you think about her um and secondarily i don't really like her costume either so yeah it looks kind of frumpy um well and the thing is is and i'm not saying anything negative necessarily about the actress that they chose to play medusa but i know that there are actresses out there with strikingly gorgeous red hair that 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 are good actresses that's one thing to note um i don't know too if this is just me being like um ageist or whatever but I, i i picture medusa being younger um I mean, comic books always kind of tend to, to make their Skew, characters look, look a younger. little bit and more see, this, appealing. This doesn't really bother me, too, because Medusa is supposed to be, like, one of the heads of the um, royal family. So I could picture, you know, just having... And it's, first off, I'm not talking about somebody who's old here. I just, when I picture Medusa, I picture her being, like, her 20s. And this, this uh, um, the actress who plays her does not appear to be in her 20s. Dude, but seriously, she could play the Wraith Queen in a, an episode of Stargate she Atlantis. She does look like the Wraith Queen. <laughs> I will give you that. Like, uh... Yeah. You know, though, when they were casting, like, apparently slightly older actresses who, who can pull off red hair, like, why is Lucy Lawless not in there? Ugh. It's too good. It's too mm. good. I don't know. I just, Lucy I think, Lawless. I think she's reserving herself for the Xena reboot. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to do any any superhero I don't want to commit to anything Zena. anything big, right? Because this is I right just, around the I corner. I think I might be too I big of a fan of Lucy Lawless because I think if Lucy Lawless was cast as Black Bolt, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's 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 inspired. I can see that. Did you see her in Spartacus? Oh, I saw all of her in Spartacus. I saw several gifts of it on the internet. Yeah. Oh, I mean. Dude, you should check that show out. It's a good show. I've Spartacus watched good. an episode or two, and I didn't get into it right away, and I, I just kind of forgot it existed. But I, I like the way I, they broke up the seasons. Like instead mm. of like seasons one, two, and three, it was like Spartacus Blood and Sand, and then there was like different, well, there yeah. was I mean there were practical reasons for that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I mean because yeah. it was it was like a, a they're they're kind of forced to do that. Yeah, by cancer and death of the star, you know. Well, <laughs> no big deal. No, but I mean it, it, it made sense. Like they could have mm. still just been like, oh. We're still watching Spartacus, you know, but then they, they didn't. They they, they changed things up. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, too, about Black Bolt I don't like in this picture very much is, like, that dude is a total badass in that um, fucking uh, Hell on Wheels show. Because he's the main character on Hell on Wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and he looks kind of like a doof as Black Bolt. <laughs> is, is Black Bolt the guy that's black or is that the other guy? Black Bolt is the dude next to Medusa. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's, yeah. the, who's the black guy? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, it looks like the dude from the Dark Tower, because I just watched that preview, too. <laughs> it's not Idris Elba. Yeah. I got to be honest. Like I'm not really familiar slinger. enough with Inhumans to really make a whole lot of comments about like their casting choices. I, I know like than... the core 
Yeah. I, I know Black Bolt barely, and I know Medusa more, because Medusa's been in a lot more stuff that I've read. Um, you so, know who I'm most familiar with who's in a human? Quake. Yeah. So th- that's the thing. Like when I uh, that that should actually be one of the points that I bring up when it sounds like I'm being sexist to be like, oh man, she's a little old for this part or whatever. It's because Medusa is really the only Inhuman that I'm uh, uh, really all that aware of um, that are not you know already previously played on TV. There's some Inhumans in the comics, but really the only of the uh, only person in this picture that I can name is Medusa, and the only other one I know is Black Bolt because Black Bolt was a pretty big part of the last. Uh, Inhumans versus X Men that we read. Dude, both of us read Inhumans versus X Men, like, yeah, all I seven did, issues of it, and like neither of us are still like, oh yeah, that's who that is. Yeah, no, I got you nothing. Know? I got nothing. Like, um, so there, there's, I guess, comic nerds that are more into these series than I am that are probably like, oh, you're an idiot. But um, either that or they did a super shitty job with the costuming and casting, and I just don't recognize who those people yeah. are. Yeah, that's. I guess that's the thing I should comment <laughs> on more is I, I just I'm not so sure I'm down with the costuming so far. Medusa's is most striking to me because she's the character that I'm most familiar with, um, and because I think that. It, that's probably one of the biggest challenges like adapting medusa's hair to tv um was just always going to be really really fucking hard to pull off i just don't like what they went with yeah all right well let's not shit on stuff uh, we, 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 what we got, we got two <laughs> topics down in this this uh, uh episode so far and so far it's turned into exactly that so let's see how we do on the next one what are we going to talk about next this we're going to talk about a- bb8 Okay, BB-8. I don't think there's a way that I can not be happy about BB-8, so let's okay. not fuck this up. I'm going to see if I can I can change that. No. <laughs> yeah. No, so... The- <laughs> Turns out BB-8 was totally racist and hates all the Jews. Yeah. Uh, damn. <laughs> damn it. Wait, would that make you like him less? <laughs> <laughs> no, sure. we're not doing... The racist episode was the last oh, episode. Oh, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Um, well, you no, know. so... The- Unless he hates Watto, in which case we all agree. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, man. Watto, Watto was... Shit, I just made a case for space racism. Well, it, is it space racism or is it just that we hate Watto? Just pointing out Lucas' I mean, is space racism. I don't think that we hate Watto because he's a space Jew. I think that we hate Watto because he was a terrible fucking character. Uh, well, he's yeah, a terrible yeah. character because he's a gigantic fucking um, um, caricature. Stereotype. Of, a stereotype of Judaism, which is so ridiculous. I cannot believe there's nobody in the studio like uh, that was like, you know, George... Um, what I do anything for money? Yeah, <laughs> look at my giant nose. I I don't think that I cannot believe. That <laughs> well, you've already got nobody... the trade federation. So if you were gonna go with like racist stereotypes, I feel like you had to start at the trade federation. The oh, trade yeah. federation. You mean Taiwan? <laughs> I, I, yes. I, I, what? That, that must now actually be what happened. Oh. That must be what oh. happened. They started off with the trade federation. Somebody was like, George, we need to talk about the trade federation. I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, that's racist as shit, Holmes. And he was like, Nah, it's fine. He's I like, totally No, no, like, no, no. no. This is racist. <laughs> and then, and then, like, there must have been like one sane person on that set who, every time they tra- brought somebody out like that, they were like, "Wait, now you're going to wa- th- Watto? Really? This is he's like that's the, that's anybody the less like, racist he's, he's, alternative? He, yeah, he's looking around the set like anybody does it? Does nobody <laughs> see why this is a problem? Um, yeah. So yeah. fuck, fuck, fuck George Lucas. Just why? Uh, anyway, uh, so BB8. Let's, let's me- talk about a movie that didn't have to do with George Lucas in any way, shape, or form. Oh, thank God! Yeah. Uh, so the original, um, the original ending of the of the movie, not ending necessarily, but the original um, close to end of the third act. Actually, instead of it being um, Ray and Chewie and R two heading up the ramp to mm-hmm. go after Luke, it was it was Ray and Chewie and BB eight. Mm. And uh, Ryan Johnson actually reached out to JJ and was like. Uh, no, that should be R2, and here's why. And JJ totally fucking changed the ending just based on 
on Ryan Johnson's suggestion of, of why it should be R2. And I think we all know why it should be R2, because he's going after his fucking master. Like, he, yeah, it's, it's Luke. I mean, they've got, yeah. a, they've got a special relationship. I don't is, know if you picked that up. And it's even, like, okay, I can actually kind of make a case for either side, because um, BB-8 is very much Ray's, and so you'd, want, you'd think that they would be friends and they would want to take BB-8 with them. But the thing is... Um, but BB-8's original master is Poe. So yeah, that's... and we just we smash that whole like the whole movie is um you know a, a key plot point is R2's uh uh you know basically holding the plot MacGuffin for Luke you know the, that whole thing you know it, it there's a there's a couple of key scenes in which they describe sort of the relationship between R2 and Luke so man that's a good change um yeah and I actually um saw a, an article earlier today that I actually didn't have time to put in the show notes but I, maybe I'll look for it and and get it to you. If, before the show actually drops so we can but uh hamill actually kind of came out and said that he his original hope for how the movie would end the force awakens anyway was that like the triad would line. be reunited um <laughs> before the um the death scene oh you're and, talking about hand land luke yeah so yeah, that yeah. spoiler so that, alert so that um no han would have his, his like died. support crew around oh, him like sorry. when it happened yeah um which I don't know. You could make an argument for that too, but the movie actually itself flows well enough the way it is that I don't really see changing it as as being beneficial at all. I'm sure Mark Hamill is like I could really have used more screen time in the movie, guys. But I'm sure he got his nut anyway. I I'm mean, sure he like, did. They didn't like pay him like here's twenty dollars. Please show up at the end of this thing <laughs> if you could. If no, you could just show up. Can you scowl and we will give you forty dollars? Considering yeah. <laughs> considering the amount of weight he had to lose to do it. Yeah, like no, he was like fuck you guys. No, like, he makes he makes, he makes jokes about all that shit because he's like yeah. Um, so I, I did all this weight training and I was you know really watching what I was eating and I spent months doing this and, and then I get beards. there and I get the script and it's like oh you just you stand there and you, you look you know concerned or whatever um and he he you know laughs and gets kind of pissed off about that so i don't know uh so the thing is yeah like i do wish that, that there's some alternate universe you know fanfic i can probably go read that has um leia luke and han han uh meeting up again which would be good and it is a little bit of a sad thing like we, we've now closed that door like uh the spoilers if you haven't seen the movie sorry but it, this isn't even really a spoiler at this point if um, you listen to our show you've seen the movie so yeah. mm, yes, uh, han dying han dying well, means that he will never meet up with luke so there's there's all that missed opportunity and i loved the scenes you know sort of like uh, kind of movie kid yeah i love the nostalgia scenes very good point very good point uh, mr uh, mr ford um, so i love the scenes where uh han's kind of talking to uh ray and and um uh, Finn and he he's saying along the lines so, you know like dark side and the light I didn't think it was a a, a thing but you know it, it all real. is all yeah it. yeah like I love those nostalgia <laughs> scenes that like bring back the you know original trilogy and I think that if if Han and, and Luke had gotten some screen time together that would do even more of that but on the other hand it's like I do, I do really love this movie I do I, think it's it's a pretty close to a perfect movie I in a lot of just ways. watched that movie the other day because um, the wife wanted to because um, I have a really cool wife but um one of the things that I noticed about it this time when I was watching it, when during that that same scene that you're talking about with the dialogue about how it's all real, mm -hmm. um, I never really thought about the fact that like as the original trilogy progresses, like you never really get to see Han deal with the fact that something that he thought wasn't real was. Yeah, and that's like the first glimpse of 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 Han Solo like admitting to himself. He's like, I didn't used to believe that shit either, but 
only in the most me. subtle <laughs> ways do yeah. you get to see any sort of like acknowledgement from Han about yeah. that in the original trilogy, which is kind of fantastic. And then it comes full circle, I think, when you get to episode nine or episode nine episode seven and he's like uh no no totally jedi yeah because jedi, even in Sith, jedi even in jedi when like even when he's like hey can't you do something kid like he's still the skeptic oh yeah you know yeah, yeah. he, he so uh, yeah it's very much like um you, you tell the most skeptical person in the world that magic exists right, and show right. them the like, tiniest little bit of it they're on Jabba's fucking skiff thing over the desert and he's like i was born here you know and he's like you're gonna die here you know like he had no no fucking illusions <laughs> that luke was gonna save the day in any way shape or form yeah. like <laughs> um uh, you know that's a good point it's not even really till the end of jedi that he even probably believes yeah. that they're any sort even of even though jedi. he's fucking seen it like it's, yeah which is I another mean, thing that hey, makes the prequels I, even more absurd I've seen David Blaine do some shit that I would expect <laughs> to be force awakened, you know? <laughs> true. So true. I mean, you never know. Maybe there are those people in the Star Wars universe too. And he's just like, mm, I don't believe in that shit. So yeah, no, it's um, Chris Angel one too many times. Back to the, the original article though. Yeah. It's, I, I think making R2 go up the ramp was the right choice because, and like you said, you can make an argument for BBA cause he has a connection with Ray and whatnot. Um, but really, Luke is is R 2s master, and Poe was BB 8s I don't. And I don't mean. Like, do they have masters? I mean, what are these? They're they're they're, they're, they're droids, not slaves, right? Seriously. I mean, they, are they at least three fifths of a of a person? It, it is kind <laughs> of have Sam Jackson play one of them. It's weird because they are kind of slaves a little bit, but you always get the idea that they're uh, you know it's, it's it's sort of a weird thing. Like I don't think. Well, no, we do see disobeying. Like we do see droids disobey. Um, you know, they're masters. They just give, you know, like fake deference, essentially. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do think they're friends more than anything. But uh, plus, plus the fact that, like, it was sort of a big part of the movie that, that R2 was out of the picture because Luke was gone. Right. Like, in that case, what? He's going to wake up and be like, hey, here's the missing piece of the puzzle. But no, I'm, I'm going to have back, nothing to do with it. Have, yeah. fun, have yeah. fun going and finding my master who I've been patiently waiting for on fucking standby <laughs> mode for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple decades. Well, or and the part that I didn't talk about that the article talks about is how the the just just changing it to where R two goes up the ramp also has has symbolism because R two was such an important part even in the prequels. Yeah, because they talked about how oh he was he was Vader's droid. Too, That's what we're gonna find out in know. episode nine. Actually, is that this isn't the story of the Skywalkers. This is the story of R two. That would be hilarious because <laughs> he really is going to be the only one that's consistent through all nine movies. Oh man, if they kill yeah. R two, that's that's what I know. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I was I was sad about Han, but if they kill R two, like, just fuck this franchise, like I'm done. <laughs> because because you know that immediately, like, C three PO is going to put his head in a fucking like like lava bath or something, like, yeah, and just yeah. off himself. Oh man, you know, that's the, such a codependent relationship. <laughs> there's another thing that this highlights that's uh, kind of fantastic, actually, is, um, you know, so, uh, Rian, is it Rian or Ryan? Rian or Ryan? Ryan, Ryan Turner, you mean? Johnson. 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 It's Ryan. As in oh, Looper. Sorry. Ryan Johnson. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just spelled R-I-A-N, but it's yeah, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Ryan Johnson, uh, directed Looper and a couple of other big, you know, big, interesting, cool Gooper. movies. And so, uh, I said Looper, didn't I? No, Gooper. That's, Gooper. that's fine. It's Gooper. Yeah. It's Gooper. Because this is a joke I don't get. Yeah, because you haven't listened to enough Babylon where yeah, yeah, Kevin Smith a... talks about how closing the loop is is basically just uh, you know you end up going back in time and and your your younger Coming self your has to face. just jizz right all over you. <laughs> oh, awesome. Um, yeah, no, I didn't get that. Gooper. Okay, so anyway, uh, Ryan Johnson directed that film right which when is you come good. back, just like Ugh. just yeah, 
And we kind of established, you know, with with <laughs> Looper and with Brick that Ryan Johnson is going to be a good director. Um, but there's always a little bit of like, oh, does he actually get Star Wars a little bit? And so this is one of the things, you know, tying it back to this story. This is one of those things that has me feeling pretty good about Last Jedi because it seems like he actually really gets this property. Like if he if he knows to make that sort of correction or change, then I think he must know enough that he actually gets Star Wars, and that makes me fantastically excited, even more so for Last Jedi. Well, and I mean, you can say the same thing too about uh um JJ and The Force Awakens too is like, yeah, JJ might have made the mistake of saying BB-8 is going to go up the ramp and somebody corrected him on it or whatever, but like just the way that movie brings across is and and my wife even made this comment. She was like, "You know, this movie might have been made entirely uh as fan service, but that's fine. Like it doesn't make it a bad movie because that's what it is." Yeah. yeah. So, um and it was done by somebody who actually cared about the the well, I mean, something that they grew up with. That's or, even sort of a know, positive for JJ too. Um, even that uh, he would take that criticism and he would say, "Oh, you know, that actually is a better idea because obviously we know from the prequels and you know that we kind of compare a lot of these you know sort of positives to the prequels because that sort of shows how everything could have gone wrong, and you know we can see how that went wrong in the prequels because." George Lucas apparently took no criticism because if he did, holy shit, I don't know how these movies got made. So anyway, yeah. I think that's a good point to stop on Star Wars. We will be back in a few. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of more cool shit, but first I, we need refills. Actually, and... before we get into the, the show proper, I'm going to side rail us. And the show proper, we're 45 minutes in. What we're, the fuck are we doing right now? We're still going to take a break and get a beer, but when we come back, I'm going to ask uh, Mr. Summers over here about his uh, Ooh, trip to go see Joe Rogan. When, why? Because uh-huh. I haven't actually talked to him about that yet. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right, a good right. podcast topic. We're going to podcast about another podcast. Not that we've yeah, never done that before, but that'll be fun. Yeah. Hang on, <laughs> guys. We'll be right back with the most meta shit we've ever done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we return to the Whatever We Show. Before that, we'd like to bring you a word from our sponsors. Our sponsor this week, of course, is the Shady Oaks Funeral Home. Um, they offer the finest in uh, press, press board uh, coffins for you or your loved one when you cannot get medical care thanks to uh, you're living in a third world country or the United States of America uh, because Trump is our president. Oh yes, I'm not sure. Is Trump at Mar-a-Lago or Mar-a-Lago? Oh, he's God. not at Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, he's actually staying you in New Jersey. Is he in Jersey right I now? Didn't look, but I just read a tweet earlier today because the tweet was from Trump. Trump says I'm staying in. I think it's called Belminster, New Jersey, because the strain on New York is just too great for the um, American public to have to deal with. And uh, the next tweet I saw after that was uh, Trump playing golf in fucking Belminster. Uh, um, uh, on on the course, and I made a joke. It's it's really funny if you go back and look at my Twitter stream. Like I replied to Trump's tre- Trump's tweet, and I said, "Oh, really? How are the courses there?" Because you know he knows the answer to that because he was going to be playing golf. And then three minutes later, I I scroll up a little bit in my Twitter feed and see, yes, he was doing exactly that. He was fucking playing golf in Belminster, and that's probably the real reason why he's there. Also, because at this point, I don't think New York wants him. Um, New York would probably be like, "No, thanks. You can just go stay. You know, White House is that way. Like, Camp David over there. The city of." New York has had to pay enough taxes to protect his fucking family at this point that they're just like no for and for that matter uh, at this point are we even pretending that this isn't a sham marriage like have they have Melania and uh, Donald Trump spent a single night in the same room for the last um the the the, the duration of his presidency so far because it seems I don't like occasionally that, they show up on camera I honestly together. don't know that they've touched each other since he grabbed her pussy without permission the first time yeah I, he. <laughs> It is a very like a Doberman move. He's like, I like, claim this is mine, you know, and then like, he peed we, on her. Are we sure? No, he had a Russian hooker actually, feeling. Let's let's be honest. Are we sure Ivanka is actually his daughter? Because like it, she didn't get any of his genetics. I don't feel like. Oh wait, wait. 
We're talking about Ivanka or Melania. It, whatever. He wants to fuck them both. Yeah, yeah, yeah seriously. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, can can we encourage any of our listeners out there right now to, to any time they tweet anything, and it doesn't matter if it has to do with politics or whatnot, but you need to hashtag it with Putin's cock holster. You do. Uh, for that, you just Google that phrase and Stephen Colbert, and you'll get immediately the first result will be his um, uh, rant slash opening monologue to a recent episode of the, the it's not the Colbert Report. I don't know what they call it anymore. It's anyway. the Late Show. The Late Show. It's the Late Show. Um, He's the new Conan O'Brien, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so. No, because it's CBS. Letterman. Letterman. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, maybe, Letterman. he's bigger than yeah, Conan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, anyway, check that, check out that, uh, and also if you're an American and you live anywhere where you have a senator who is not entirely support or, um, not entirely opposed to the ACHA, who is, who is not also Putin's cock holster. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, if you live anywhere where you think your senator might have the tiniest little bit of a conscience or is afraid of being, uh, not reelected, please call your senator. This is actually not a hard thing to do. It is a surprisingly easy thing to do. And it turns out the best way to sway your senator is to physically call their office. So there's tons and tons of ways you can do this, but call your senator and tell them, uh, we'd actually like to not die of preventable, preventable illnesses. We'd like to pretend that we're still a first world nation and, and provide some modicum of service in the healthcare department. Whereas most of the other first world nations provide just simple, like you get healthcare, period. It's, it's part of like you sign up, you're an American, you sign up and you get the healthcare. Um, that's right. the whole thing. Which, which oh. Trump actually realized the other day when he was hanging out with, I think, the Australian prime minister and he He's was like, talking yeah, about yeah, how guess... good Australia's healthcare program is. You're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, you guys have better you healthcare mean, than we do. You, you mean, mean single universal, pair? Yeah. universal yeah. healthcare? Yeah. You fucking read so, yeah. um, uh, And also, I have a special message to the Alabama senator who said that um, people who live good lives don't have pre-existing conditions. Fuck you. Oh, because goddamn. because by the letter of your stupid fucking bill, pregnancy is a pre-existing uh, existing condition. You know, so th- that's that's where we get into the part where this bill moves from being shamelessly greedy to just fucking mustache twirlingly evil. 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 Um, when you're like, mm. you know, so guys, uh, we're gonna cover Viagra here. Yeah, yeah, let's cover the Viagra. Uh, and then you say, what about um, women who have been raped? Uh, do you, do you think we should nope, cover no them? No Plan B. No, uh, nope. you know, not even no Plan B. Let, like, let's not let's you know Catholics or no something. trauma services. I, I know yeah. you're listening. And, no, and, obviously, um, rape is a pre-existing condition because rape, rape because is it pre- obviously right. happened before they went to the right. hospital. Right. So. And, and so if if uh, you want to get coverage as a woman and you've ever been raped, you don't get that. And you may think, oh well, I haven't been raped, and I'm probably not going to be raped. In which you know, sad state of things is there is a chance that that happens in the world you know there's a chance to get murdered too but you know whatever and then your problems are a lot simpler but uh rape is a pre-existing condition uh, condition so is a c-section if if you've had a c-section that is a pre-existing condition in which your insurer can deny you coverage under the acha fuck these people um finally i want to close out by saying if you do um want to help this cause in any way whatsoever um call your senator again the other thing you can do probably is donate to swingleft.org i believe it is um they actually give money to opposing uh candidates in um uh 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 Areas where they they can make a change in, in as far as you know turn a state blue or turn in a district blue or something like that. 
And in case anybody was wondering, that is not a website that makes special underwear for men whose junk hangs to the left. <laughs> because when that website exists, I will be the first one swing to left. make a purchase. <laughs> Swingleft.org swing is the one that you could help further the, the cause of, you know, maybe not having a bunch of, you know, money-grubbing idiots and, in, in public office. Swingleft.biz is where you can find a comfortable pair of boxers if you lean a certain direction, men. You know what I'm talking about. And and here's here's the guy... the. the yeah, here's the deal, guys. Um, Trump care is not official yet. Like, I know that it's being presented as that in a lot of the mainstream media and that um, a lot of the Facebook posts you're probably reading make it seem like it's a done deal. It's not. Your Senate has not voted on it. So calling your senator, like Eddie said, is the best, best yeah. option that you have. Make their fucking phones ring off the hook because it they will take notice even even if you're a democrat i think that this is an important thing to get your voices out because there are democrats uh, first off it received zero democratic votes in the house um but i think even if you're a democrat you need to reaffirm with your senator even if it is a democratic senator that uh this is not something that you will support in any way shape or form oh and uh if you're in a republican state uh please for dear dear lord you're gonna affect the rest of the country here please call your republican senator and tell them i will not vote for any candidate who supports this i also have one more special message out there uh Mm -hmm. paul ryan fuck you oh Hey, fuck that guy. This message brought to you by America. That's right. We're sponsored uh, the, this week by America. And the, we all agree that Paul Rand should fucking go away. And, and, and it's, no and it's, we're going to put this disclaimer out there. The views of Matt do reflect the views of the whatever show. Yeah. Die, die in a fire, Paul Ryan. Die in a fire. Jesus whoa, Christ. Whoa. When, he, okay. he means metaphorically, just so we're, we're no yes, lists. Totally we don't want any lists. Gonna, we're talking metaphors here. We're, we're on lists already. It's fine. Um, I don't know about Bryce, well, but you and I have each individually tweeted Trump, so we are on lists. Oh, when I that, know. I get we're on lists. I just <laughs> I don't want to be swatted. Is what not I'm saying. Not a good list. Not yeah. a good list either. It's yeah. not the. That's not Santa's list that you want to be on. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't mind being a dissident. I just don't want to be locked up for it. Um, as well, I'm gonna have to stop filing taxes just so I don't get audited at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Most likely. You know. Yeah, but but th- that's the thing too. Even the government is like, uh, no, fuck that guy. Like, I, I don't think the like the IRS is gonna get there. Like official trump letterhead memo written in crayon that says you know like hey uh audit all the bad guys and they're just gonna be like oh i'll just oh that's very important came from the desk of the president it's, it's funny because they were right into the shredder they were willing to do that for clinton for bill uh, I, just like pretty I, like, much anybody would do anything bill, for that man bill had a asked. lot of people investigated by the fbi <laughs> Yeah. Um, Trump, though, like the best he could do was get Stephen Colbert investigated by the FCC for saying cockholster on TV. Yeah, which I saw. I saw a follow up on that. And uh, apparently that's a whole lot of bullshit, too, because it's after 10 p.m. And it's uh, uh, not going to be a problem, especially since it was beeped. It wasn't like they said cockholster on regular TV. It didn't it didn't Uh, go uncensored. But uh, because I really that that's my mission in life is to see the day when cockholster can be openly that's when you know we live air. in a free america yeah, yeah. Yes. when you can that's, just when, tell when when that's like the word of the day on sesame street that's when bryce is gonna be happy <laughs> but that's that's another fun thing though too is like um i'd say colbert probably is definitely a, a very like everybody at this point hopefully even the republicans get it because for a while when he was doing the colbert report they didn't realize that was satire um but i think at this point everybody knows colbert leans left but i still think there's a lot of republicans that go to that show and the audience was fucking out loud crazy about uh, um how how Dude. just harsh he was being towards the president Dude, we'll, 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 we will find really a link good. we'll find a link it's 11 minutes long 
And honestly, the part that that was quote unquote investigated by the FCC was the last ninety seconds of it. But the rest of it is so fucking worth it. The whole monologue is All is right. probably one of the best monologues I think I've ever seen delivered. And it, it, whatever your favorite clip from the Daily Show, Colbert Report, or just monologues in general from any sort of late night talk show in the last twenty years are, this is up there. It, it's it's the first video that I've pulled from social media that I've literally watched all of and not realized how long it took me to watch it. So, so yeah. that's what we're watching after the podcast is what you're telling me. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. All right. Yeah. I haven't okay. seen it. Fair. And uh, I need to. All right. Mm-hmm. So speaking of, we are doing right. a podcast here and it's yeah. not really a political podcast. I just thought no, that yeah, maybe right. if we could get anybody to listen to this and do something, it might help people not die because oh. that is the real oh. reaction. Here's here's people a message will that, die I, under the that I sent out on Facebook today, too, by the way. Um, instead of calling for the impeachment of every Republican. Um, which, by the way, impeachment just means they're brought to trial. It does not mean that they're removed from office. So please, and it's also probably really not going to happen. Yeah, right and now. so please, please recognize that distinction. Also, it's a waste of taxpayer money because while it's it's completely fucking despicable uh, to take healthcare away from millions of people, uh, it's not actually illegal. No, so, I mean, if Congress does pass this, there, first off, Congress would be the people bringing the impeachment charges against themselves. So you could see how that would work. Uh, and they would be responsible. So this is the other, you know, really uphill battle. Anybody calling for impeachment is you have a Republican controlled Congress, uh, that would be re, um, impeaching a Republican president. Yeah. It's probably not going to yeah. happen. So instead of calling for impeachment for everybody that votes for Trump care, um, instead, like Eddie said, uh, call your senator or be involved in some way. Like the thing is, is everybody wants to take to social media and bitch about things that doesn't actually do anything. Your your senator does not give a shit about social media. What they do care about, what what has been very clearly made, is that they do care about phone calls. Even uh, when their secretary can't go to lunch because the phone won't stop ringing, they'll start caring. I've also heard that handwritten letters, as in, um, well, you know, you type it and sign it or whatever, but handwritten letters, regular, you know, mail is a big deal for senators as well so if you want to do something and you don't like if you don't have the time the effort the energy or whatever excuse you want to make for it to go out and actually like canvas and and you know and be a volunteer um these are simple ways that you can help influence the political decisions that happen around us so yes all right right. we should get back to doing a podcast about nerdy shit because this is getting depressing let's let's uh let's talk to bryce a little bit oh Um, yeah oh by the way Bryce bought a um, a peach sour from Ecliptic Brewing, mm. which we're drinking right now. It's delicious. I just wanted to throw fantastic. that out there. I really like it. Wonderful. Um, what, but, what was the name of this beer again? Uh, I don't know. It's on the counter over there. He's leaning back pretty deep in his chair, folks. This, Karina. It's Karina. Karina. Karina yes. with a C. Yes. Mm. Yes. Not Corina. Karina. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. So, Karina. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so... Bryce went and saw um, a, a, a show on yeah, 420. A little Joe Rogan. I was actually less high than I would have preferred. <laughs> so so for those of you um, uh, who may not know this, Joe Rogan, um, obviously he's a comedian. Um, I actually really enjoy the show News Radio uh, because it's amazing. And Joe Rogan, that's one of the first exposures to Joe Rogan that I ever had. Um, he also is um, a commentator for UFC events. Um, in addition to that, he is a stand-up comedian, 
and podcaster. And the fact podcaster, the guy does like fucking yeah. like three or four podcasts a week. It's, it's like, insane. like three hours each. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. yeah they're they're fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. So anybody bitching about Fantastic. the show length to whatever show, just note that we do not produce three of these a week. Dude, yeah, dude, he, he did a, he did a podcast with Kevin Smith that was literally like four hours, 20 minutes or something like oh, that. Oh, and they could keep going. I'm sure. Yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> and that's probably what they cut it down to because they probably just sat there for no, like I don't think they hours. cut it at all. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, no, there's no cutting. No, there's yeah. no cutting. At no, all. I mean, yeah. when I, okay. So I guess I should clarify when I say cutting, uh, at some point they were like, just stop recording. And then they just kept going it, for the next nine days. Very, or they could have. Very asked. similar to the Joe Rogan podcast featuring Ron White, where by the end of it, they're like, we're too drunk. We cannot keep doing this. <laughs> Ron White Ron was, was so like, I'm, I'm going to have to call for a ride home. I can't drive. Like, <laughs> Ron White was fucked, man. It was great. Three yeah. sheets to the wind. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. That was a good one, too. But anyway, um, so Joe Rogan, um, mm-hmm. he tours uh, with his stand up stuff. And he's also decided that um, in years to come, as well as this year, that he's only doing um, states that are recreational marijuana friendly on 420. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this year was Oregon's turn. Next year, I believe he's going to go to California because when well, he booked I'm sure his dates, he'll be back in Cali. Yeah, yeah when he, he booked, booked his dates, before, before uh, was California legal, yeah. was not recreational legal, but it is now. So nice way to go, California. Anyway, Bryce yeah, Scott Stone went and saw Joe Rogan. So yeah, let's. Yeah. What what was it like? Was it, like like I said, honestly, I could have been, could have been more stoned. I planned to smoke once I got in there, but they kind of had hall monitors out and. You know, being not smart, I didn't bring my vape pen. I brought an actual, like, little pipe thing, and I was like, well, this isn't going to be too... Dude, it's not a Radiohead concert. You can't just have a bunch of people stand around you while you light it up. I know. I know. Well, now I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, okay, so originally originally the plan was I was going to meet up with my friends in line and wait, and we'd all smoke. And there were, you know, plenty of people that were smoking in line outside. Uh, and then I get there, and they're nowhere to be found, and... I couldn't, yeah, I, I had to go stand in the end line by myself, and I was just like, eh, I'll, I'll see if I can wait till I get in, but then that that, that didn't work out, but, you know, I'd, so, I'd smoked like an hour before. So you were moderately yeah. buzzed. I was, I was, I was moderately buzzed, yeah, yeah. So how was the actual show? Because, um, so first off, is this just basically a stand-up show? Yeah. Oh, no, okay. totally. That's that's all it is, stand-up. Cool. It was him and his, his, uh, his buddy, Tony Hinchcliffe, uh, another very good stand-up comedian. Gotcha. Fucking great um it's kind of interesting though we were at the uh the arlene schnitzer concert hall and you know i think i think generally like i don't mind the big sort of venues that sometimes you'll go to comedy shows in but realistically i do feel like there's something better about like a more intimate setting like a smaller club especially the with comedy you lose yeah. a little something with the schnitz it's so because open. it's it's big yeah. and it's it's got the like the really inclined seating and so mm-hmm. like it's it's not a gigantic hall i mean it's, it's not like the rose garden or something it's, like that it's, but but it's bigger than but a it comedy is hall. it is big it is definitely mm-hmm. bigger than a comedy comedy hall and it is actually a bigger like if you're going to see a band at the schnitz you're going to see a band that most people have probably heard of yeah. yeah, like yeah. like when Kev Smith came, um, and and we did the the uh, super groovy cartoon movie with him yeah. and Jay. That was at the Aladdin right. Theater, which is a McMinniman's pub, and it's it's a fucking tiny room. Um, I I felt bad because when I we went to that show, like Bryce was buying tickets online, and he's like, "Well, do I get Golden Circle? Do I get regular tickets?" And I was like, "Well, Jeremy bought my ticket, so I doubt he sprung for Golden Circle." And then we got up Front there <laughs> and Jeremy had sprung for Golden Circle. And so we got like priority seating and there was literally nobody sitting down yet when we went in. And me and Jeremy are like, whoop, 
Like <laughs> it, it was all right. I, I got plenty of good seats. I wasn't complaining. <laughs> like like we got the kind of seats where Jeremy got a high five from JMU's when he came out. Nice. So, yeah, wow. Yeah. <laughs> feet feet on the fucking yeah, stage. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah. yeah, you could touch the stage. Anyway, so, but absolutely. that's that's like my favorite kind of venue to go see a show yeah. of any sort really at. So anyway, so, uh, so tell us more about the about the thing. About the oh, it was thing. good. You know, we got we got uh, pretty solid seats about like um halfway up down the left-hand side. Uh, oh, right on. Right on. But around that bottom. Yeah, or, that's not bad, section. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, I think we ended up paying like 40 or 45 bucks a ticket, something Which like that. Which still isn't bad. No, not at all. Yeah. And uh, well, I met up with my, my, my buddy and her, her boyfriend. Uh, she was... She had a, an edible earlier, and she was... Far too stoned. She, and she was, ended up passing out during like half of the which show. Which is which is funny because that's a bit that Rogan does about <laughs> yeah. like, well, then why are you selling the whole bear? But only supposed to eat the leg, <laughs> dude. Edibles. There's only there's only two types of being on edibles. I think one is, uh, yeah, I don't really know what's going on. I don't really feel anything. Maybe I should just maybe smoke. I should have some more. <laughs> maybe I should just smoke. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna take another bite or two. And then there's the holy fucking god. I just please somebody take me to the hospital. I'm definitely gonna be the first person who ever dies of a marijuana overdose uh please god help me the, the it's it's weird because for anybody that's not initiated into the world of of you know um thc smoking gets you high right mm. like um but eating it is a ridiculous like body high like you have these crazy sensations like coming off your body you're all tingly and shit well it's not, it, if you and, get to the psychoactive portion of the edible you're, yeah yeah you're having a you, good night. You've eaten too much, probably. Well, <laughs> but well, because um, the, the chemical isn't even THC at that point, it gets processed by your liver right. separately, which is why it takes so long. You know, it, it, at least forty minutes, folks. At least forty minutes. If you've been waiting two hours and it still hasn't hit, uh, keep waiting. Eat another leg from the bear. <laughs> keep, but keep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a completely different chemical that's actually like seven or nine times as psychoactive as THC itself. It, it's this the, this is one of those things where like don't get me wrong you're not gonna die like no, you, you can no. you can it's eat the whole dead. you can it's eat the whole fucking brownie it, it, the worst case scenario is you're gonna have a really bad night but yeah. but no, um, I don't even think you have a bad night I think you just fall asleep oh, oh no. no you have a bad night trust oh, me people have bad <laughs> nights. oh come on <laughs> you have a bad night I, I haven't get... had a bad night on edibles but I've I've known people that have oh, very man. much you, so you can it's have it's not like you're tripping on fucking acid though no I mean it it just it is not a great feeling so anyway the what I would say for this is like, do, don't don't ever just don't go this alone. Essentially, like no. you need a you need a guide. You need a, you need like a mar- you need like a weed sherpa. No, what you need. Yeah, yeah. And, and like if somebody gives you a brownie or anything else, like be aware enough to be like, how much of this do I eat? You know. And if your if your yes. buddy is really your buddy, he'll be honest. And if you, if you find food at, at a, you know a potluck party type thing, and it's sitting away from the other food. Maybe ask somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. By yeah. the way, can these, I, are, yeah. these are the edible do's and don'ts. I've only like... once accidentally dosed somebody that wasn't intending to get high. <laughs> oh, I'd have paid to see that. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So we were going to a, a Halloween party, and uh, the, myself and a girl I was dating at the time decided we were going to make some uh, edibles out of these, some sort of like peanut butter chocolate bar mix that Trader Joe's was selling. Um, and, and so we did, we brought them to the, uh, to the party and they have one of those, um, sort of, you know, where the island of the kitchen sticks out and you get like a breakfast nook on one side and the kitchen side on the other. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we put it out on one side and we put a note on that side that was just like, all right, these are, these are 
laced, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, somebody reached over from the other side where the sign like, oh, was peanut not butter. facing. Yeah. It was like, oh, this looks delicious. Like when you're on the yeah. wrong side of the salad bar at Izzy's and you're like, I don't know what this is, but I'm grabbing it. <laughs> except for... <laughs> except for he'd, only he'd, the good Izzy's have pot brownies. Yeah, and you're not getting a coli <laughs> from this one. <laughs> yeah. Not when I was working at Izzy's, fuck. Uh, oh, man. Jesus. So, uh, so I got to ask. Uh, mm-hmm. The Rogan Show. Yeah. Material you've seen before, no. or did he have new stuff? It was new stuff. He alludes to it in his podcast a little bit. So, some of the stuff, like, I knew the general subject matter. Uh, but it, it was all it was all pretty fresh. It was all pretty good. Like I said, you know, the, the atmosphere thing of the shits with it being so big and open, it's tougher. Well, you know? it, well and the thing is, for me, like, the thing about stand-up is that we live in such an information age now that mm-hmm. like if you've bought the DVD or seen the streaming special or, or, or heard the CD or whatever it is, like a lot of those guys tour and they do that exact same material on the tour. And you're like, yeah. well, I could fucking sit at home and listen to this. Cause yeah. Hey, it's produced. The timing is better. Like, you know, there's, there's Stand- a lot of different things. Stand up is so. difficult. I think in this day and age, um, but also, also the schnitz, I think is really kind of a hard venue mm-hmm. to do stand up in. Like it is like the only show that I've ever saw at the schnitz that I really, really liked. Um, was a live production of uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory because it was a theater set. Get, yeah, oh, nice. I guess. Right. So if you're so. not if you're not a native Oregonian or you haven't really visited um, Oregon, um, when when we're talking about the Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall, we are essentially like if you picture an opera house, like if you picture opera, like just think about the Dark Knight Rises or, or no, it's uh, Batman Begins, and they're in the opera, and you see the balcony and the, the chairs and what shit and shit like that. I mean, the color scheme is different, but it's like that. So yeah, like yeah. doing doing um, stand up in that size of a venue, I think is pretty difficult. And it looks great yeah. on like a HBO special, but um, you, you know when you're seated in the back, you know, fortieth row or something like that, it, it is a little tough to get as is into. So I mean, having fun in there if you, if if you had a good show in the Schnitz, um, that it, it's it's a kind of a testament to the performer. And, well, in the Schnitz, yeah. the Schnitz can be a great concert hall. Like if you're listening to music, I mean, oh, it can no, be dude. it can be like classical music, it can be whatever. But like I've seen Queens and Tool in the Schnitz, and uh, that's probably about as big a venue as I wanted as I'd ever want to see them in. Because I've also seen Tool in um in the Garden, and right. it's mm-hmm. not nearly like I the the Tool show show in the Schnitz is probably one of my favorite concert going experiences ever just full stop massive it's ever because it's it's a just the right size for that casey Uh, casey took her dad to see cz top at the schnitz and i mean if if you tried to do a tool show or something like that were any of the cast of bones there no no but there was a fight in the aisle like across from them and like she was super concerned that her dad was actually going to get up and like you know involve people fighting at a cz top concert weird right (laughs) over what I, I just i don't even you know like i want to make a joke about that but i don't have enough familiarity with zz top that i can even i'd be like beard it had to be beard related right um i mean maybe hey also but, also like somebody, somebody must have been like hey, you should trim that a little bit and they were I, like fuck you i read yeah. something about them being the longest running band with the same original members yeah yeah because i believe like because that. it's really those three guys oh yeah oh yeah and that just stayed them the whole time yeah one of them's gonna die someday though dude probably one without the beard i would imagine uh, it's like a samson situation. Gibbons, billy gibbons is is fucking amazing um and the guy without the beard yeah ironically his name is frank beard <laughs> are you serious right now? not even kidding that's amazing oh, he's, you're he's killing the drummer now man but yeah R- rogan is great hinchcliffe was was amazing too uh i i learned why apparently black pussy is warmer than white pussy that's the difference 
I don't even have a, a frame of reference for that bet. comment, but I think that's the perfect bet. segue to move into the Dark Tower. <laughs> like, uh, the, the, the Dark Tower. It's like just a few degrees warmer, like maybe maybe 101. <laughs> the Dark Tower. Some girl was complaining later. He was just like, look at you with your 98.6 degree pussy. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so far lost here. That's amazing. That uh, was great. That's amazing. Uh, um, um, oh, I get to talk about why I don't like this trailer. Okay. I, yeah, I think we're yeah, going to have a, probably similar reason. So uh, The Dark Tower is a Stephen King series. This is probably one of his... Um, Stephen King obvi- obviously has written a Obulates? lot of books... He ovulates okay, right, monthly, right. really. Um, this is really the only book series that he's Carrie? done, though. Anybody? Uh, so he um, obviously is a prolific author and has written tons and tons of horror. The Dark Tower is a very ste- like if you've read any of them, um, it feels very Stephen King, um, but it's not a horror film. It's not a hor- no. horror book. Um, they they read much more like a fantasy book. And uh, uh, same with Eyes of the Dragon, if you ever read that. Yeah, by Stephen King. And and it's also one of the only I think series of books, especially because I think the Dark Tower series of books spanned something like seven novels. It is seven books yeah. for sure. So, I only have the first one up there. It also the has one of the greatest opening lines in all of literature which is of course uh the link in the show notes the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed um should we just get right into this like why i don't like it go ahead slam it right in there um so this is actually not uh a movie that's made uh based on the books this is this is like a sequel to the books it's it's takes place after book seven of the dark tower series does it really it does i didn't know that he's already got the horn see and he doesn't get that until the end of the series i have not okay so i should be real honest right now i'm only i think two books into the dark tower and i haven't picked it up for quite a while so i don't remember a whole lot of this um, I do remember, obviously, the gunsling- gunslinger is supposed to be badass, but I don't think that it's portrayed nearly the way that it is in the film. Um, no, it's it's this is this is not this is not what anybody has ever read before. This is this is a, a, a different take on on something that happens after the book leaves off. So um, I think uh, I don't want to use the word bait and switch, but that's really kind of what this boils down to. Um, I think the casting was great. I think Idris Elba as as the gunslinger was a, was a good casting. Um, McConaughey, I will give McConaughey. him that too. McConaughey looks dope as shit as the Man in Black, who also, by the way, goes by a different name that you may have heard in other Stephen King books, which is Randall Flagg. Ooh, really? Yeah, it's the same. It's the same character. It's, wow. he's, so Randall Flagg from the uh, from the stand, and also he was uh, the 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 villain in Eyes of the Dragon as well. Yeah. Um. So Stephen King's written some things that have some continuity uh between them uh but yeah i'm i'm not a fan of this um i'm not necessarily opposed to it i'm a fan i'm 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 opposed to the way it's being marketed like if they were just like hey this is the deal this is what we did i'd be like okay i accept that but like instead they were just like we're gonna do the dark tower and then they're not doing the dark tower okay so the thing for me about watching this trailer is um i i like it overall what I don't like, like, I like the idea of this movie. Like, uh, if you removed the idea of the Dark Tower books from this, um, watching this trailer, I'd be like, oh yeah, that's something I might, I might, I might want to go see. Um, very good. Um, we're all fresh. <laughs> so if, if, uh, you remove the idea of the Dark Tower from this trailer, then I think overall this is a good trailer and I'd say I want to go see this movie. When I watch this trailer though, as it relates to the Dark, the Dark Tower, what I see is a lot of Hollywood, 
esque sort of shit that I I don't know if I'm really gonna like or not by the time it actually comes to the movie. So here's here's a thought. Um, there's so much nowadays. There's so much uh, on TV and in the movies with sort of rehashed versions. Like this is the movie version of this book, you know. And this is this seems like it could be sort of a fresh take, or where we're taking this world and these characters that people know and kind of pushing it as a sequel to what's already been shown in the books rather than trying to readapt something that's already been done in the books. And frankly, maybe that works better as a book than it does as a movie. No, I, I don't buy that for a second. Here's the deal. We live in a world where every movie that comes out now is essentially a reboot of something that's already been done. I mean, for, the, for fuck's sakes, we're rebooting The Great Outdoors. They're literally rebooting The Great Outdoors with Kevin Hart yeah, in the John people. Candy role. And... What the hell? Yeah, right. Um, and and so, if you're that concerned about like, there's no original stories or there's no movies that we can make that haven't been made, you've got fucking seven right there. You know, you could do a but seven. Would they really work as well as I, a movie? Yeah, because they're Think a so? western. Like it's it's a sci-fi western. Like I mean, you can look at Westworld. Westworld was one of the most amazing series that's been out in a long time. HBO did really well with that. And the Dark Tower series is not necessarily all that removed from that. I mean, it's not like fake people and shit like that, but like there's a um, but there's a market for it. At least visually, it's very similar. Yeah, uh, um, and and there are even a I don't want to say that, no, I'm not going to go that far. I will say visually, it could be a very similar thing, and I think that there's some themes, although not really. Uh, uh, there are some themes that I think strike similar chords, really, with the whole Western Western aspect of things. I mean, you could, it, it, it's a post apoc Western kind of thing, like, and that's 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 well, a genre that's so fucking accessible right when, now. When I watch the, the when I watch the Dark Tower thing, like, I'm watching the 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 cool gunslinger shit that Idris is doing, and I'm like, oh yeah, that looks neat. And then I'm like, but you know, this is just too flashy for this. Like, this is just too. You know, maybe I need to go back and reread the books because maybe I'm going to reread the books and I'm like, oh, they, they really dumbed that character down. He should have been able to do, you know, uh, reload 12 bullets in he four seconds. He should have been able to do that standing on his hands with his fucking toes. But, yeah. Well, you mean when he, um, he tosses the six bullets with the, the chamber into the air and they all load themselves and he swings his gun like just at the right time to load it in? Like, yeah, yeah, right, there's that or even like... What was that just Angelina watching... Jolie movie, The Wanted? Is that what it was? Where like yeah. she was able to like <laughs> spin the bullets around corners? Yeah, like, th like this, trailer, yeah, yeah. this trailer feels a little bit like that to me and I, I, I'm not calling... That's not... I'm not calling that a compliment. Right, right. No, I, I wouldn't because that movie was terrible. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, no, I, I think there's so many different directions that could have gone with this, especially Wasn't that since Ryan Johnson also unwanted. It might have been. I'll look. I don't Johnson. think it was though. No. But anyway, but anyway, this I just feel like there are so many other directions that could have gone. This this movie has been in the works for so fucking long. Like I remember years ago when they were talking about casting McConaughey, uh, McConaughey and I was like Um and and I think the talk at the time was that they were cast. Oh no, that's what it was. They were going to cast him as Randall Flagg in a stand in the stand, and then it and then somehow it evolved into the Dark Tower instead of the stand. And he's the Man in Black, which is again also Randall Flagg, but mm -hmm. um, not not the way that we originally envisioned it. So it you you talk about something for so long, and then when it finally happens, you're like, this isn't what we talked about. Like, <laughs> come on, guys. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm excited for this movie because I I think that the adaptation could be really good, and I, it doesn't bother me that they're going to go past the series. Like, if anything, I think that that might be the smarter way to go in a lot of cases because it's really difficult to do justice to a series of books uh, because adapting a book is just so fucking well, difficult. Like, and we've been hurt before by Stephen King properties that have been adapted into movies. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. Although there are some really good Stephen King books. The Stand was great. I thought yeah. The Stand as a miniseries was was done really well. I mean, they did the best they could at the time with the technology the, that we had. The Langoliers as a miniseries was amazing. The it's it's kind of like it. The only part that fucked it up was the very end when they tried to actually show what was going on. Well, and these, see, I kind of liked it too. Like things. it was it well, was a pretty it. phenomenal uh, it little series until and stuff the very like that. End, yeah. But I mean, then let's not forget oh, the fiasco that was the Lawnmower Man. We've got tons of good Stephen King properties, though, though. When you talk about like Carrie, you talk about uh, The Shining, um, you know. But that—that's yeah. But Silver well, Silver Bullet sucks. Not what yeah. Stephen King wanted either. Uh, yeah, that's that's actually kind of an interesting story. The Shining is probably one of the best movies, also one of the best books. They're very similar and dissimilar from each other, um, and it just kind of shows genius yeah, in different Stephen lights. Stephen King is not a fan of the that version of the movie. They actually made a version that was more true to the book, and it fucking sucked. Yeah, because it, it. I mean, you just. Don't argue with Kubrick is is the lesson to learn there. But, well, yeah, um, Kubrick kind of knows how to make movies or knew how to make movies um, yeah. until that uh, Nicole Kidman naked movie, which yeah, that was know. its kind of shining fair, point. I didn't see it, so but there's there's Maybe lots of it was great. That movie, that movie of, was so um, fucking nonsensical. There's lots of properties that come off of Stephen King movies that are genius, um, but it's also e- very easy to fuck those books up. And that's the thing, like when you're whenever you're adapting a book, like you just look at the size of a script compared to a, the size of a book. Like yeah. it's just fantastically well, small. You get to cut other details. Hearts out, of so Atlantis. Hearts of Atlantis was an amazing movie, but it was just, a, just a teeny fucking chapter or a couple chapters in the actual Hearts of Atlantis book. Yeah. Um, so, so it, it's just really hard to do that. So um, I don't mind so much that if they're going to go past the dark tower uh, series of books um, and just kind of use that character, those characters in that world. But I don't even know if they're doing that. I think they're just, loosely adapting or loosely picking through the dark tower and finding the things that they think will adapt well to Hollywood. And that's actually kind of my main concern for the movie is that it's going to lose all of the flavor that makes the books good and uh, become this Hollywood esque sort of caricature of the source material. Uh, let's talk about game of Thrones. Um, so we oh, won't fuck. talk about I should have just kept years. rambling. Oh. Yeah, no, you shut the fuck up. Go away. <laughs> are you caught Let up? The men talk. Uh, are, you, are you caught up? I'm not only caught up. I'm actually rewatching right now. I just finished season one. Oh, dope! I'm rewatching, I, I, trying to trying to get it all caught up. Before. I did, I did rewatch a little bit of season one. Um, it's been hard to actually do the whole, like, really rewatch the whole thing. Um, this is it, right? Like for the for the actual series. Like, isn't this the last season? No, there are, there are two shortened seasons. This being the first. Okay, next year so will next the, year will be the, so the final season of the be, actual. Before you're sitting here saying like, "Oh man, that's shitty," they, they're just gonna they're shortening up the shows. No, they're shortening up the shows because of budget concerns. Like if you go back and watch episode nine of last season, which is uh, titled "Battle of the Bastards," oh my god, this this show has movie level budget. Like they, I think they talked about this episode in particular, and estimates were that it cost upwards of twenty million just for this. one I, I remember the red episode. wedding being particularly expensive as well. No, that so. that actually dropped. 
drop in the bucket compared to what they're doing. Lately. No, no, yeah. but I mean that, was, that was kind of like the season. start of of what's happening. Like I'm, I'm not yeah. familiar with so, like the show episode by episode, but like I I hear shit, you know. So they've done battle scenes in the show, and they've done you know CG in the show, and they've just amped that up so heavily uh, in this last season, especially um, that it, it's getting to be like. Don't get me wrong; they're still making money hand over fist with this thing. Like I think this is probably the most. I, I say without qualifier. I, I would bet that this is the most uh, expensive season of television ever made, and they're still going to make a ton, a ton of money on it. But I think this next couple of seasons is going to be along similar lines be, um, as it culminates. But I think they're only slated to be seven or eight episode seasons at the most, and I think the next season, the final season, is only supposed to be like six episodes long. I, I think one is seven, one is eight. I don't Your, remember which one yeah. is which, Eureka. Though. Of the sci-fi series Eureka um, got canceled actually for some of the same reasons because the budget for the show got to be so expensive that they're just yeah, like and, we and, we can't and, do and it again, anymore. And again, um, even though it was one of their most popular shows, the, the money that it takes just to put just a costume like Peter Dinklage's dick in this in this show <laughs> at this point is far more than the entire run of Eureka had. Well, so. I mean, you've got to have the the little tiny uh dick sized helmet and the little tiny dick hands see now i don't think that axe. i think that i think i think you're going full size dick uh, uh uh like i i don't think he you know i'm just saying he he's coming to bat full swing there you guys are just reminding me of john oliver there was a section i watched yesterday where i didn't mean to say that he has a little dick i mean he's he's a little person his dick is like half the size of him well, he's a I tripod know, what so. i'm saying is no, I, yeah. you, oh, yeah. you think proportional you, th- you think it's going to be proportional i don't think so no no <laughs> I, I think i think if, if if he were here and we had a contest, i think if they made three-legged pants like he would probably be first in line that's Pro- all probably. i'm saying um his whole pantsuit is it's just like a three-fingered glove um, that was anyway. his, that was actually the thing he was trying to hide in Days of Future Past is like he was a mutant and that was his mutant power. Yeah, like, the giant dick. <laughs> um, did you just kick me? No. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you're not allowed to wear that low cut skirt to work anymore. Um, so the the story here, the the news uh, is that they are developing four spinoffs. Four. Count them fucking four spinoffs to Game of Thrones. Oh, okay, okay. Let's be let's be reasonable though. They're developing four different ideas, which may result in a spinoff or two. I don't. There, I definitely don't think they're going to actually come up with four separate spinoff shows. I think they want to see what they think works best when they get scripts written and I'm ideas. I'm going to let pitched. you two hookers fight this one out because yeah. yeah, you. Okay, okay, so I, 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 I don't, on your fucking iPhone. Jesus. I don't have a dog in this Sheep. race. I, I think there is a possibility that we do get four uh, four shows. Mm-hmm. I do not think that there's any possibility that four shows survive. So I think we get no. we maybe get four season ones. I think the likelihood of there being four season twos is infinitesimally small. What like, if we what if like, we get a multi? Hey, I thought you were just shut the fuck up. What if up. we get a multi episode series, um, and then a couple like mini series out of it yeah that, that that's what i would lean towards is... see i think that's probably the smarter way to go if they were going to do something like this i could see them doing another spinoff mm-hmm. maybe even two but i think that what they got to be careful of is saturating things oh yeah um, and don't get me wrong there's there's <laughs> you an app... always have to be careful about saturating things there's there's an Chips app do not like that you were supposed to shut the fuck up during this. I'm just saying. Um, Do I ever, though? Who are, no. I mean, who are you, me, with your unrelated comments just pitching yeah. in? Come on. Remember when you guys talked about books? We're not paying you per, per word here. Remember just when Eddie tried to get second. me to watch The Expanse? Yeah. <laughs> but you still should. It just keeps getting better. I so believe you. It, it's I done and to. it's fantastic. I absolutely believe yeah. you. I just couldn't not shut up during that. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
anyway, I, I think that if if I were going to do it, I would say there is a spinoff show, maybe two there. I, like, long-running series, yeah. I think maybe two. I, I think miniseries, though, there are miniseries for fucking days here. Like, Absolutely. Um, there Absolutely. are so many uh, things that they could have even expanded on in the show that we already know and have miniseries based on that. So, I don't know. I, when I read this article, I was like, okay, they're developing four of them. I, maybe one will be on, you know, past season three. Well, yeah, and so much of this uh world that's built and so much of what happens in this show is based on things that happened you know 20 years ago or whatever it is you know i mean that that most specifically uh the this show has a i guess a fairly good historical view in that there is a very long timeline of the show but the the events of the show take place of course present day and then the the past 20 years events of the past 20 years are are a very big part of yeah. what sets this whole thing up um, Much more so than other epic fantasy series, at least that I've followed. Yeah. And, See, and they definitely reference, like, and lots I don't of know epic why fantasy I'm not references. More into the series, because I really like watching Lena Headley get raped by her brother. Not I mean, raped. It's not even raped. It's oh, consensual. Oh, no, that's consensual. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> no. And I really no. like dragons. And so you put those two things together, and you'd think that this well, show would just be me all over. You don't over, get dragons but... until the end of season one, and then, and then they're tiny dragons for a while. Well, and, but, I, but, I, but I still like, I like. I like small you would, blonde chicks. You, you'd like it. Like getting just, brutalized by big horsemen. You just need to accept <laughs> that that you're probably going to have to watch it separately from your wife. and just, just She's watched watch the first couple own. episodes with me. She's not against watching it. It's just yeah. one of those things that like it's so involved, even in the first couple episodes, that like you really have to have time to, to just no, watch no, it. No, 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 no. Okay, it's, well, so I'll give you... Uh, the one thing I will say about this show is that this is not... This is a show I watch sober because you can't watch this show drunk because the next episode you're just like, who the oh, fuck is that? Oh, Where okay, the fuck did they come okay, from? No, you deals can, off then. Deals off. You, you could watch it high, but only if you've watched it once before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the second time around, maybe watching it so uh, not sober in, in whatever so, form you choose is, is not a bad idea. But the first time around, like when we were watching the show with my wife... So I, I read the books... Um, when I was watching it with my wife, I was like, oh, that's that guy. That's that guy. And we'd have to fucking pause and I'd have like 10 minute exposition of like, okay, like here's what they showed in the show. And that actually sets up the storyline pretty well. But here's the whole fucking backstory between these two dudes. And this is why uh, this is, is a that really big Ashley deal. was high when you guys watched it. I, I don't know. It's because there's that he sets up so much shit in the books that they can't even get into in the show. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but you, really this, you this still show be able to watch is, a series so, and not have to know what the books are. No, you know what I mean? You, you don't. You don't. You, you don't really can. To. You really can watch this show. I mean, my wife obviously has not read the books and she really enjoys the <laughs> show. Obviously, like because uh, there's no pictures, right? <laughs> there's, there's no pictures, and this is really not the type of shit that my wife would normally go for, especially no. in book form. Um, this is this is just by the way. Like, I I really do like Eddie's wife. Like, we've been friends for a long time, so I just don't want anybody yeah. to think that I'm. He totally doesn't. Just, he doesn't grab her pussy. Is what he's trying to say. Not. Once ever, he respects unless her. she asked. Even though he's a but, big star, oh. he's a big star. <laughs> he's, this this show gets dozens of hits. He probably could, and he'd get away with it. But uh, he doesn't because he's a gentleman. Dozens um, of us. There are dozens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the the thing about Game of Thrones is that it is just not something you can sit down and watch and kind of like you know like sometimes you have a show you put on as, as background noise and you wander in and it's kind of good it, or you know like when you're cooking dinner or whatever you put on a show to watch while you're doing that. This is not that show. Like, you need to sit down and you need to think about it and you need to kind of watch what's happening. And there's a lot of shit that gets told in subtext here, which is very, I think, important to, you know, enjoying the show. The thing um, is, though, like, like, and I'm finding this now that I'm literally going back and rewatching it for the first time. Uh, to be fair, the first time I saw this, uh, 
I had ripped copies that did not include Dothraki subtitles. <laughs> so, so, so now I know what's going on with you, Dothraki. You have to know. You know have before. to have the Dothraki yeah, subtitles. Yeah, but but at, even I know that at the same time. <laughs> at the same time, like I'm going through this, and I'm I'm. I'm I actually remember the first time more. you watched this series because <laughs> I think we watched an episode. I think you and me watched an episode yeah. on on my like yeah, on demand yeah, thing, we, and you're like, oh. Oh, that makes that's sense. They're saying things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, in some cases they were, some cases they weren't. But yeah. you know, it, this, it's whatever. This, th- and that's where I, um, I guess I should say is that uh, it's it's nice to have a book watcher or a book reader as mm-hmm. a steward for the the show because there's a lot of stuff that happens in subtext here that on rewatch I think you get more of. Um, yes, or, or to yes. be fair, like it, it's a testament to the fact that the series is actually worth paying for. Yeah, and not 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 ripping it off the web. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, you, this is not this, this is a show that requires your attention. If you're a half intelligent person, um, you can watch the show and, and get you know most of what the show is going for out of it. I mean, yeah. there's there's a reason that once we went to HD, there's, like subtitles weren't hard coded. That's yeah. all I'm saying. There's there's a lot of subtlety <laughs> involved, and um, the more like if you rewatch it, you'll get more out of it. If you've read the books, you'll get more out of it still. Well, um, and, and I mean, they're but it's just an amazing show. Like if you like Breaking Bad or something like that, this is on par with that sort of thing. Breaking Bad. I'm. You mean that show that Ryan Johnson directed the, three episodes of, and that I haven't, <laughs> I haven't watched. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Are you, you fucking kidding me? Bitch. I know. How I'm sorry. You? Like you make fun of me for uh, not watching Game of Thrones, but like you haven't actually finished Sons of Anarchy and or watched Breaking Bad, so. I'm sorry. Breaking Bad is good. I'm like sorry. my I wife know. just started rewatching. To Breaking be fair, Bad the other day. Game of Thrones is better. So you know, dude, really? Yeah, really? Absolutely. Come on, absolutely. Well, Jesse you... Pinkman with the chili pea. Come on, chili pea. Huh. I think Bryce is actually the only person qualified here to make a distinction because you've yeah. watched he, all of Breaking Bad. He's actually seen both. Yeah, oh, yeah. and you've watched all of oh, Game yeah. of Thrones. Oh, yeah. So we judges. Yeah, we we defer to the expert here. So yeah, um, no, no. Okay, so it, as much as I like Breaking Bad, um, they're they're different subject matter. I think really, I don't know. No, that you can, no way. There's so much blue meth in Westeros. You don't even know the dragons <laughs> just fucking cooking up a storm. Yeah, <laughs> just cooking it up. Uh, they just call it wildfire there instead. It's yeah, yeah. a little bit different. Um, yeah, but no, no, no. Game of Thrones. Um, fuck it, it. Breaking Bad is more of a slow burn kind of a thing. And where Breaking, Game of Thrones is very slow burn is that it really here, takes a long time for things to happen. There's a here's, lot here's that my impression in of Game of Thrones, and that is and and that is that I think that it's more uh, story driven, and Breaking Bad is more character driven. That's kind of the way George Martin wrote yeah, it. Though, yeah, too. yeah, no, I, it's, I, it's I get more that. Like, world I, I, and story driven. Yeah, yeah. But I will say I, that if you know nothing, and I don't think that's the bad thing. You know what I mean? If like, you know I, nothing, I think they're both. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if you know nothing about Game of Thrones, though, the what one of the things that like when you watch Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad clearly is the story of Walt. Like, period. You you clearly know what you're getting into, mm. in that. <laughs> No, I mean he's, it is, but it Jesse. isn't. He's, he's yeah. like there's there's more there's more there's characters more that you characters, but who who's the story about? Just it, it is Walt, but okay, exactly. But so Game of Thrones, when you by watch the end Game of it, of you Thrones, don't give a fuck about Walt. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, w- when you're watching Game of Thrones, though, um, it's sort of like the 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 actual story. There's an actual sort of like a little bit even tropey fantasy story in there, um, and you don't know it until you're probably midway through season four or five. 
Um, so, mm-hmm. uh, it, and, and even still watching all of those force, it's not like you wasted your time. It's not like you're thinking, oh my God, that was a bunch of stupid shit and I just need to get the main story. What? There's a fantastically cool amount of shit in there. Well, I mean, I didn't, but, I didn't mean for this to get into a pissing match do you about mean, like, do you mean that fantasy trope better about how Tyrion is actually the son of, of Daenerys and Khal Drogo? No, I think that's I think that's not a trope. I think that's just fan fiction. It's such a good fan theory. It's yeah. such a good fan theory. If you haven't read it, you really need to. All right, so uh, let's Yikes. move on from Game of Thrones. This is a long way to say that there's there's four uh, new series being worked on, uh, and Matt's even further behind now. Yeah, whatever. Um, I'm I'm not actually further behind because none of these things have happened. Yeah. So uh, tell me about why I would watch The Mummy Refer- Returns with uh, uh, internet superstar Brendan Fraser. And want to stab my dad. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, this woman uh, reportedly stabbed her dad, and the reason that she gave was movies and that how the hero in distress kills their father. Um, and she cited uh, the oh, mother returns. All the time. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I have, I, I, I will be fully uh, accountable for the fact that watching a Brendan Fraser movie has made me want to kill myself. Hey, Blast from the Past was a fucking great movie. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Movie. But that also had Alicia Silverstone. Uh, yes, and but Christopher Walken. In in all respects, that was a really good movie. And Christopher Walken is all I'm saying. <laughs> I've got kittens. They're soft. About George... oh my stars, a Negro. <laughs> Feel them. They like it. A George of the Jungle. Anybody? No. Okay. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um. So, um. Uh, I just put this in there because I thought it was fucking hilarious. Not that she stabbed her dad to death, but right. just that like the mummy returns was her her uh, her big thing. And this this is this is coming up right before like Universal is is trying to reboot their monster series and and have uh, Tom Cruise mummy movie come out. So um, yeah, I think that's gonna make people want to stab people. Um, <laughs> I I hate the fact that I don't want to see it. Because it's going to be so bad. Because I really like Tom Cruise in stuff. Like I think he's he's a legit, really good actor. Wait, he's going to be in the Mummy. He's the main character. Oh, With but the, it's not the Brendan Fraser Mummy. But the right? Mummy is a chick. It's a different Mummy. I yeah, can't okay. tell if they're actually rebooting the Mummy or if they're just they can't because the Mummy is not based on. I, like, I this think is, this is. I think this is just a legit. Like they, they've made a movie that has a Mummy in the thing, and they've just called it the Mummy, so, and it's a coincidental thing. So they're that what they're, Fraser already did that. What they're trying to do is is re, is bring back like the old like black and white like Universal monster movies, and the the first one was Dracula Untold, which was actually a, a pretty decent mm-hmm. movie. I liked it quite a bit. Who was in that? Yeah. Oh. God, it wasn't Stuart another guy Jackson. from a, <laughs> and Dracula Untold. Uh, that is another guy who I recognize, and I think I can't remember why, but he's in another nerdy thing that I like. I'm uh, I'm pulling it up right now, but um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Uh, this article was just really stupid, and and I thought it was worth putting in the show notes just to be like, you know what, Brendan Fraser movies are bad, but they totally they're are. not stab your dad to death bad. <laughs> I, I mean. Yeah, uh, right. Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Blood. Luke Evans is in other things though that um, I think oh, yeah. we've enjoyed. Uh, Luke Evans is uh, he's in Beauty and the Beast as Gaston. He's a Gaston. Yeah. He's Gaston. Yeah, Gaston. He's also Shaw in Fast and Furious Six, um, and uh, he played uh, Bard and Geryon in uh, the Hobbit: Desolation oh, of Smaug. Why, okay, that's why I recognize him. Okay, so um, Smaug. Yeah, 
anyway, the Flash. Let's talk about the Flash. This is the part where Bryce checks out for a minute. Yeah, now I'm going to go drink some beer and probably pee. <laughs> Are you okay? So then we don't have to be concerned about spoilers. Um, He's not watching the Flash. It'll probably take him another six months before he starts streaming that on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're lucky. Okay, so Matt and I both watched the Flash this week. This week is the um, episode where we finally get to find out who Savitar is. All right. So who have we been calling for Savitar for the last several weeks? Edithon. Edithon. That's right. And and uh, another tangential fan theory um, has been Ronnie Raymond. Um, who that one I didn't buy at all. That one I never, I could never even, get on board. even, even with the cliffhanger kind of ending of last week's episode where, uh, Caitlin was just like, I'll do whatever you want kind of a thing. Um, that was the only piece that lent credence to that theory, but the rest of it was just like, no, no. Um, yeah, that, that was the only tiny little piece that led, uh, lended any sort of credence to it. The only reason that I was even entertaining this as a very minute possibility is because we had the, you know, disappearance into the singularity, but I chalked that up for what I think it is, which is that, uh, Robbie ML wanted to go do a different project and they needed to write him off the show and that's how they chose to do it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, here's the part that really fucking chaps my ass. My wife, who literally had not touched a comic book before I met her, totally called this, and she couldn't even tell me why. I, I've I've heard other people. Um, th- this was another. So I've seen this theory. Like I'm on the Reddit. Uh, I'm on the Reddit for this Flash TV. Uh, if you're watching at home, <laughs> I'm on the Reddit and uh, the subreddit. I, I, I do you know follow the subreddit for this and there's lots of different fan theories that have been posited over this uh, my my favorite holdout still is patty spivet um bring that would've been awesome <laughs> uh but i have seen this theory posited and it is as to, fast dismissed because it is such a batshit insane theory to be um, fair i really really think that the girl who played patty spivet was just absolutely fucking adorable so anyway yeah um yeah. So no. the short of it is, it's not that. It's um, not Patty Smith at all. If um, you're spoiler conscious, I guess you can skip the next five or ten minutes of this episode. Um, but three, two, one. If yeah. you're not plugging yours, it's your fault now. Yeah. It's Barry. Um, yeah. So here's the thing, man. I feel retarded for not actually picking up on this just because of the fact that if you look at the um, New 52 arc... There is an arc where Barry is absolutely the bad guy and comes back in time to try and destroy Barry's life. I think that must be what they're drawing from because it, that's the only way that this makes sense. It, like yeah, Savitar, it, um, so if you go back and read the wiki for Savitar, the, the Savitar is a, an entirely different character. It's definitely not Barry. Um, no, completely. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's kind of crazy that uh, this ended up being what the case was. Um but yeah, when I when I watch, I, I'm still I'm still not sure. Like how they close this up is going to be the biggest thing because there are so many potential plot holes in what they've done so far. Uh, notably, having him go to the future and effe- effectively solve all of Barry's problems. Like, here's here's my problem: is that how far in the future is Savitar from? Because this Barry doesn't look much older than the current Barry. Like. His face is all fucked up, but that could have been from anything. Well, no, actually, that, there's a very plausible theory there. Um, somebody in the, I think it's, uh, it's fucking, um, what's the bitch from House? I can't remember what her. Cutthroat bitch. Yeah, cutthroat bitch. Cutthroat bitch from House. Um, who's Anne Dudek? Actually, I know the actress's name, Anne Dudek. And, and I can't she's remember her great, character. By the way. Yeah, she's phenomenal. That that, and we're not. I'm not. Um, 
being misogynist here uh that that's what she's called in house for the at least her first appearances she's she's uh, he calls her cutthroat bitch like her entire run i don't i don't think he refers to her as amber like more than a couple times through the entire series like yeah um what's his face the oncologist uh uh wilson wilson calls her amber but yeah he's the only one yeah so anyway um so Watch House. Guys. I think she comes up with the whole like, oh, well, the suit that whatever Savitar is wearing, the suit that Savitar is wearing is basically so it can dissipate the heat because blah blah blah. And so I think he's he's literally moving so fast that he can't. I think the speed, th- the, the 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 fucked up part of Barry's face is probably because he ended up going so fast no, that, uh, that he part, fucked up his face. That part I got. It's the part where he's not that much older. <laughs> Because it's Grant Gustin, and like I don't know that there's much you can do to make Grant Gustin actually look older. Like putting on a wig certainly didn't do the trick. You know what I mean? Oh no, 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 no. Um, that that whole thing is a little bit silly, and I wish they had a little bit more of a budget so they could do a little bit of aging. Like, dude, just just, just makeup would go a long way. Like just, just giving them a little bit of with a face line. app on on the old setting. Yeah, sure. Um, so the short of it is, um, we know Barry is Savitar and Savitar is Barry. We have no real basis for this. I assume we're going to get into some wibbly wobbly, wobbly, uh, timey wimey bullshit. I assume that there's going to be mean, like we, some time remnant to, right? sort of level of shit going on. Like I actually kind of, that's my leading theory right now is that this Savitar, Savitar is one of Barry's time remnants. I don't believe so. Uh, I, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't know how else they explain it because we've shown a timeline in which uh, Barry goes on and is kind of an asshole, but he's not nearly Savitar levels of being an here's asshole. Here's the thing. Um, if you're going to go in and you're going to say that Barry is Savitar, like you have to go balls deep and say that Barry is Savitar and that it's not just like a timer minute gone bad. Like that's that's too much of an easy out. Well, a time uh, remnant is Barry, though. Like that's the whole. It is, like, but it isn't. Don't get me wrong; I still haven't fin- finished Legends, but at this point, um, the the Reverse Flash in Legends is a time remnant. Like, um, there's lots of ways where that can spin off I mean, into another yeah, different character. I guess that's somewhat plausible, but like, I think this is Barry. I think this is Barry uh, in a in a in a really fucked up situation that that's caused this. I mean, so fucked up he comes back and kills Iris. Like, dude. Dude, did you read the New 52 Flash run? No. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you gotta, like, it's, it's, they gotta be pulling from that somehow because it can't be, there, there can't be an easy way out. It's, I don't know. Yeah. All right. So that's a flash. It's, it, it would be like as big of a mistake as it was for Alexa Bliss to go over clean during, uh, payback. (laughs) Uh, nice. Nice. Well, here's, here's why. It's because it was in Bailey's hometown, right? Mm-hmm. And and Alexa Bliss goes over clean, and so so you actually take something away from Bailey by doing that. And Alexa Bliss would have actually they would have benefited more by having Alexa Bliss go over with a screw job finish or something, yes. because Bailey would have at least maintained her status in front of her hometown. And Alexa Bliss would have gotten extra heat from it. You know what I mean? Like, there's like yeah, that it's, scenario it's was one certainly way. a missed opportunity. Um, so I feel the same way about this particular situation. Like, if they if they chalk it up to it's a time remnant and not actually bury himself, then you're giving yourself an out, and it's well, it's so there's transparent. Gotta be, there's got to be some kind of out. I mean, th- there there's lots of different ways they could do it, but there's got to be some kind of out. Well, I, I don't remember what we, the scenario we can't was. Have Barry, we can't have Barry go on and be evil. I don't remember what the scenario was, um, but Barry defeated his evil future self anyway, and 
yeah. and, and fixed it. So I, I mean, I, because, because Savitar is from the future, it's not defined yet. You know, like you yeah. can, you can, you can change events that cause that and then have Barry not be evil at all. And I think it's very plausible that this is the real Barry. Um, and then, and then whatever causes real Barry to go batshit. Yeah. You can fix. So. All right, let's talk. What if killing place. Iris is what causes Barry to go batshit? That's what I assume. You know what but I mean? then, why the fuck does does uh, uh, Savitar go back in time? And it, it's like a paradox. And don't get me wrong, um, time travel shows don't typically do a great job with paradoxes. But um, oh. this would be one of the most obvious and stupid paradoxes I've ever seen in Marty. a time travel thing. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, let's talk comic books now. Uh, f- Matt, tell me, tell me what a great job Marvel's doing at marketing their sh- their books lately. <laughs> Um, there's a picture that we got on Reddit. We're gonna to, <laughs> Thanks, Bryce. That we're going to have to put in. Um, there's four new fucking Guardians of the Galaxy books that came out this week. Yeah, so the the picture we're talking about, and, and hopefully I remember to go back and put this in the show. I'll put some markers in the thing so I remember, hopefully, um, is <laughs> we have this shot, and it's from a comic shop, um, and it, what it shows is three different Guardians of the Galaxy books. Yeah, it's, and I think it's they're, three, not four, but yeah, I think they're all number ones. They are, and one, one of them is like one is a one shot. Yeah, one shot means it's a single issue and yep. it's done. The one is a limited series, which means it's not destined to progress more than five or six issues, probably. Yeah, we're not usually going to go very long. And then one is the actual, I guess, what you would call the main title, which is going to be the book Ongoing that runs series. on for a, quite a while. But, but like, the comic shop had to write those signs and put them on there because it's not – you don't know. Like, it's not explained. Like, if you just put them all on the shelf, anybody who just saw the new movie could walk in off the street and be like, hey, this is number one. I'm going to buy it. And then be like, oh, well, wait, wait, there's never going to be another one of these again? Yeah, and or, just, just you know, stop. You don't even have to go that far because that's confusing as shit. But if you just stop and think – you walk into the comic book shop. Let's not even. Let's take it out of there. Let's let's not say comic book shop. You walk into whatever place still sells physical DVDs, and you see three different Star Wars movies, and they all claim that they are the first, like the Star yeah. Wars number one, Star Wars number one, Star Wars number one. Which one do you get? And then you find out that they're all different things. Like number one, that's in that's insane. That's never gonna happen. Like you're never gonna walk into a place where they sell three different stories. Uh, uh, three different titles with the same thing that are all the number one. The, the, the whole premise is ridiculous, and I reject it. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is everything that's wrong with Marvel's marketing. Maybe not everything, but but pretty close to it. Like it's it's so fucking stupid. Like it's they're they're making cash off of people who don't know what they're doing, and and I think that's it's despicable. It's so stupid. Like, okay, you have a new movie out. Obviously, it's going to generate interest in the comic book property from people that you may not have gotten interest in before. Let's face it. Before the movie came out, the Guardians of the Galaxy comic book sucked fucking dick. Like, there's no fucking way around it. Like, it was a terrible goddamn comic book. Nobody cared about it. I think smartly marketed, though, you could do that, too. Like, because they're going to be fans. There's tons of fans that probably read the long-going, you know, like, uh, um, that will read the long-going book. They're going to be fans that will then even still pick up the one-shots and limited series and what have you. Um, what's stupid is if you're a new fan, which is what this is really going to do. Guardians of the Galaxy 
and vast uh, the vast majority of Marvel properties are bringing in tons of new subscribers, I would think. And so having them be utterly confused about what is going on is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, there's just no situation where this is and smart. you just rebooted another title just, yeah. for the, just for the fucking purpose that maybe the one out of ten people that go see the movie that weren't already reading comic books walk into a comic book shop. Well, the other fucking thing- over everybody who regularly reads the comic books the other thing that's absurd about this is like are you gonna reboot the book every single time there's a new movie like every two years there's a new movie and you reboot the book and then the other thing is they don't really reboot the book well i mean they just call it number one and then they move on the last time there was a fantastic four movie they just canceled the book which i mean is probably the better decision (laughs) that 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 fantastic four movie did kill a lot of love for fantastic four so Uh, all right so anyway let's talk about the actual books we read first one is batman 22 yeah so anyway before i leave the subject just stop marvel quit quit it (laughs) fair don't do it like bad bad marvel so batman 22 i really enjoyed it yeah, this is such a good book. I love this series, actually. The, this series. Um, so, of course, we're continuing the story where um, Batman the and the Flash are investigating the button. And this has them revi- revisiting the Flashpoint universe specifically. Which, which technically should not exist. Yeah. Specifically, in this case, Thomas Wayne Bats. Um, so, uh, we've already talked about this in previous shows. But the short story is, um, in Flashpoint... Things went differently. Bruce died in the alley. Thomas becomes Batman. Martha becomes the Joker, and so on. Uh, Thomas is pretty fucked up, kills people, um, and so on and so forth. And it's a very different uh, take on Batman. Um, so Bruce, in this story, gets to basically uh, uh, talk to his dad for the first time. You know, basically since he died. Um, yeah, we we had you know a very I think one of the more touching moments in comics when uh, Bruce got to read the letter from Thomas um, um, in in Flashpoint. This this is kind of significant because um, Bruce is somewhat skeptical about the fact that this is really his dad uh and and barry has to reassure him he's like no this 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 fucking happened like this is yeah this, this is this, legit your dad this is he, he's and it's kind of funny because barry's like oh i'm so sorry i didn't mean to do this like you know like he barry is very much taking this on himself because he did kind of fuck the dog when he um um when he saved his mom when he saved his mom um so and this is also one of the reasons that make the um television flashpoint a little bit lackluster because there's a whole lot of stuff that gets lost in in that uh that they didn't really do and that's kind of sad so um yeah this is actually kind of one of my favorite interactions just in general is watching um um uh bruce talk to thomas and still even though i think at this point bruce knows thomas is kind of fucked up he still tries to save him like he'd he does not want to leave bruce is really kind of ready to accept oblivion in order to stay with thomas and and barry kind of has to drag him away and and then and then once that's happening then bruce is still like no no come with us like you can come with us yeah and and i mean theoretically maybe he would have been able to but um like physically, but I, I don't know what that would have done to somebody like Thomas mentally who spent so much of his life avenging his son's death. See, I, I don't even know like, that, that he could physically, like, it depends on really how they, I mean, we're already playing fast and loose with causality and, and things like well, that. Well, so here's the, here's why I think it could have happened. Um, because if Bruce and Barry didn't get back on the treadmill and go, like, they would have been obliviated, like, the rest of, of Flashpoint was happening at the, yeah. at the time so i have a feeling if that could happen to them then 
by all intents and purposes, like Thomas stepping on the treadmill with them would have. Oh yeah, I mean it's comic so. books. There's a lot of weird shit that can happen, you know, causality and things like that. Be damned. So, like, I think it's possible, but I think that it would have been a little bit cheap if they decided to go that route. So obviously, no, no, and, I, and secondarily, they can't go that route. Like, I didn't let's, think they let's were just going be to. Like, that would be a really big fucking rabbit hole to take the the um, Batman storyline down, and it would I think fundamentally change what it means to be Batman. So, but you don't um, get to see Bruce being needy very often. No, and so it's it's kind of neat when it happens. Yeah, it, it is. This is I think a phenomenal issue overall, and I really that's I think the best encapsulation I can give of this issue. And I don't really want to talk about it in detail. No, um, I think the dialogue just was other great. than to say go read the damn thing. Like go read this if if you're at all curious about this. Go read this interaction. Like first off, I really do think I, I won't quite go so far as to say Flashpoint is required reading, but I really no. do think Flashpoint is required reading uh, for this. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, I, I think it gives you a great background and whatnot. I think what this does, though, is it gives you really, really good moments with Bruce because Bruce is he. You're so used to Bruce being like the very cold, calculating, like absolutely oh, merciless, like tactician about things that like it's really rare to see Bruce be both Batman and then like the needy child at the same time. Oh yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um. And, and 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 so that tightrope gets walked really well in this issue. Um, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to I'm not going to give any spoilers about the actual yeah, issue in the it's content super good, of it though. and whatnot. But I, I will say this is this is probably one of my favorite runs. No, actually, I, I can unqualify that. This is my favorite run so far in Rebirth. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I wouldn't I wouldn't dispute that. So all right, tell me about Bane Conquest because I didn't read it. Uh this is interesting. Um, this is uh fuck it's written by uh let me i'm gonna i'm gonna actually open up my comic app real quick here uh um i kind of like it because I, I i enjoyed the original uh nightfall run okay i think it was really well written and this book is actually written by um some of the creators of that let me uh let me just grab their name so i don't fuck everything up when i'm trying to talk uh <clears throat> You're doing a good job solving this out, I think. I think, you know, we could be, this could just be dead air, but instead we're making noises in the microphone. And so you're probably listening at home and you're thinking, man, this is quality. Yeah. This is quality podcasting, I think. Yeah, no. So, um, so the Nightfall arc is the one actually where Bruce has his, uh, his back broken, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is a kind of a, a very, um, big Batman story, essentially. And it's one of the things that I think leads, uh, or lends to Bane being one of, like, Bruce's really big bads. Like, it's up essentially there with the, the introduction of Bane. Like, Bane didn't exist as a, as a villain before Nightfall happened. Yeah. So. And, and that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like, the Joker has a huge, humongous history, but of, of Batman villains, I will say that I think, uh, um, Bane and the Joker probably, like, the Joker's number one, no question, but Bane is really the only number two. So. I, I would say Bane is, yeah, he's up there. And this is, uh, Chuck Dixon and uh, I think Graham Nolan is his name. Okay. Uh, and these are the, these are the guys that were responsible. Uh, for the the original uh, Nightfall run, cool. And it it's weird because the book itself is uh absolutely just about Bane and his crew, and he's he's trying to get information uh, to find out on who's coming into his territory, and you find out that his territory is Gotham. So I, I don't know when this story is set. It's interesting though because I think they told it. Um, I can't remember. 
which bat book it was whether it was detective or whether it was i think it was actually batman it was um where they were telling the bane story and they were telling sort of like bane's origin story a little bit and uh moving past that and bane does really have like i think a compelling story to tell so um this is a book i mean i meant to pick up and then i just didn't have time in the weekend so i didn't get to it but this is a 12 issue run so i don't know <clears> if they're going to do it as like a full year long like maxi series um, or if it's going to be like a bi-weekly and only be six months long or, or whatever the, the issue is, but it's, it's limited. It's not a, it's not a, a, a forever book. Yeah. So cool. Um, we both did read the walking dead 167. Fuck yeah, we did. Oh God. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I, there's not a whole lot I want to say about this book, except for that. This is one of the hardest punches you're going to get as a comic reader, not necessarily as a show watcher, although I will, will I'll segue back to that in just a second. Um, but as a comic reader, this is probably one of the hardest punches you get in the series so much so that Kirkman included a letter at the end of the book that said essentially like, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, look, I know this hurts. Um, I'm telling a story, you know, essentially, like, I know this hurts. This sucks. I, I, I you know, died a little inside writing this. Dude, um, w- without revealing details of what happened in the book, like, the gist of his letter was literally like, um, I didn't want this to happen, but I feel like this is one of the times where the story was controlling me versus me controlling the story, and this had yeah. to happen. I don't know why, but it had to happen. And, and so. don't get me wrong, I think that that's fair. Like, one of the things you, like, this is a death story. Um, and one of the things you learn fairly early on in The Walking Dead is that not really anybody's safe. Um, Rick and Carl are safe so far as we know so far. Um, but even that is widely speculated to not be entirely true. Um, but nobody's safe. And this is a very big a- aspect of that. We have, you know, one of the character, the, the character that dies in this is essentially one of the characters that's been on the board in the comics since pretty much the beginning. Um, and, and so it's, it's probably just about one of the biggest deaths you could have in the series so far. Um, and, and even manages to eclipse a little bit, some of the other, you know, penultimate deaths in the series so far. Um, so w- the, w- the way that I want to circle back around to this is I was thinking about this and I've been thinking about this a little bit, um, since we were talking about the dark tower and sort of adapting st- stories and stuff like that. And I guess what I will say is that, um, if you're reading, if you uh, learn who this death is, or if you're a comic book reader, um, then you know that this character has been long gone in the in the, in the uh, TV show for a long time, at least by name. Uh, what you'll quickly recognize, though, I think, or what you should recognize, though, is that while this character has been long gone in the show by name, there's a lot of aspects of this character and really the things that make this character this character uh, still exist in the TV show. Mm. And so when we're talking about adaptations, like that's one of the things I think that they should get is what makes it work. And it's not necessarily the names of the characters. Yeah. Like the person in, in this issue that passed away may be dead in the series, um, but the person in the series that died is not the same person as in the comic books like they're 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 so um they're so different as characters go that it's it's ridiculous but here's here's what i thought was really interesting about this particular book and again without mentioning who it is that that passes this is the first person that passes that actually kind of gets a farewell Oh yeah, in the, in the book. Like I thought that was really well. That's done. crazy. Like, this 167 is... issues in. This is the first. This is definitely like when Glenn got it in in issue 100. Like um, he just died. Like yeah, that was it. There like, was no it was fanfare. Just, it just happened. Um, and it was certainly one, had impact. But this this is like there's there's you know Kirkman's letter in the back right, of the issue. Right. And if and if you read 166 um, at all, you know you know who it is that we're talking about. Yeah. Um. But at the same time. Like this could have gone so many different ways, and instead, it was it was actually given a really really touching 
bigger issue. Like this is a, this is a bigger issue than we normally get it in is, The Walking yeah. Dead. Um, and so many things happen um, just emotionally in this book. Well, you know, you don't even get like a full 24 hours, I think in that, that, that pass by in the book. No, no. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, a lot of touching things. Negan has one of the absolute best fucking uh, pieces of dialogue in comic book history at all. <laughs> he does. I love it. Uh, so, yeah. Um, and I know normally we're, we're totally like not object to, uh, spoiling things and whatnot but if you are a comic book reader and if you like the walking dead and, and if this is one of the books you keep up on like uh we're gonna respect your right to to not spoil it at least until the next time we read one yeah and th- this is one it's, of the, the, this this is gonna go down is one of my favorite issues of this series um even though it's one of the more painful issues of the series no so. it is it is absolutely um and and honestly 167 issues in and like we're like wow that fucking blew me away yeah you know what i mean sure. like there's not a lot of comic books that really have that that okay there's there's a lot of comic books that have issues that 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 will blow you away um but they've changed hands creatively so many times by the time they give you those issues uh that's not even funny like we're still talking about like not the original team because um the original artist was replaced after the ori- the initial run um of like the first six issues yeah uh and which was Tony Moore, I think. And now we have Charlie Adler. Yeah. But Adler has been on the board since book seven. So he's written or drawn 160 of these issues. Yeah. With Kirkman, who's written the entire time. Yeah. I will say that um, for a a series this long, it's insane how um, uh, contagious it feels. Like, uh, you know, there's lots of long running books. and don't get me wrong, there are different storylines in this series, but it is all one cohesive story told over time. Whereas when you're talking about something like it, Spider-Man's got 900 issues or something like that. Um, it's been retconned like 40 times. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's um, any, you know, probably even by issue what 167 or something like that, we'd gone through different storylines and retcons and what have you. And that's not the case with this. So there's, there's a lot, I guess, that I, that I like about that. But that's another big thing is that the, the, the death in this story has impact because of that. Um, we really know this character. We, this is not a different incarnation of a name that we've been associated with for a while. This is really this character. Um, and, so, and, yeah. and this is, this is, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like this is a character that you've known since like, yeah, the original few issues. Like this is not a, yeah, a fly by night character. No. So, all right, so that's the last of the books I read this week. So tell me a little bit about you X-Men. read Secret Empire. Oh no, no, no! You're right. I did Secret Empire. Let's talk about that. So we continue Secret Empire. Uh, we reread issue zero. We talked about that a little bit in this issue. Um, Hydra Cap is in full force. Hydra Cap showing a little bit of humanity though, um, and uh, in not wanting to kill Rick Jones. And he, uh, Rick Jones, not a character I'm familiar with. Apparently, he's been the sidekick for the Hulk for a long time. Uh, I haven't really read a lot of Hulk well, books. He so. hasn't been a sidekick for the Hulk in a long time, but that's that's his origin. Is that's yeah. that's how, how he was kind of there. He witnessed the gamma explosion and and tried to rescue Hulk and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha. Um, so um, th- there's the the one issue of like. Uh, Rick Jones is slated to be executed by Hydra and uh, Captain American doesn't want to do that because he has some modicum of humanity in him still. Um, and, and you know, he's got to deal with the whole, um, like, do I kill him and appear 
uh, you know, do I make myself weak, look weak because the council wants me to kill him and so I do it? Or do I make myself weak because uh, I, I can't kill the guy? And it's kind of a no-win gambit for Captain America, which is kind of issue- interesting because the whole thing, you know, centers around him executing somebody. Yeah, when he was talking to Lady Hydra, uh, I really thought that she was going to tell him to kill Armin Sola and, and uh, the the telepath guy yeah that was actually kind of a big big misdirection i kind of thought he'd wipe out the council and really uh, assume supreme leadership of like there is no council it's just me yeah uh yeah i'm not even sure that that's not coming expecting the 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 direction that it went and and i think you're absolutely right i I don't think that's not necessarily going to happen later on but um i haven't read any of the side books from this other than i i oh okay i'm a stalwart uh captain america steve rogers fan like i've been reading that book since since his launch uh as well so that's really all the information i can give you because these stories really dovetail so well together that not like there isn't something that happens in captain america steve rogers that like they're not going to allude to in in the secret empire books as well there are other tie-ins and i may read some of them as we go along but i have not caught up yet yeah. So. Okay, so we've already seen tiny little inklings of this where um, Steve Rogers is still basically a good dude trying to do the right thing. Um, very, mm-hmm. very sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, I think that's going to bleed through more, and I think that's probably th- this is actually going to come become kind of a redemption story. And at the end, obviously, they're going to reset the universe, and Captain America is going to like, go back to being you know normal old Captain America or um, old because he was old when when this happened. Yeah, something. They're going to do something so that they sort of reset things back to where Steve Rogers is, the Steve Rogers we know and love, and so on and so forth. Um, but I think he might actually be the catalyst for that, because I think at some point he's going to, you know, basically come to Jesus or whatever uh, and, and you know, work through that. So Yeah. Um, if you read the, the Pleasant Hill uh, storyline, which was a... Uh, Pleasant Hill was a town... Uh, but but it was engineered by Maria Hill, and basically what they did was when they had supervillains that came into it, uh, they had a fragment of the cosmic cube that had basically kind of evolved into like a, a, a sentient being, mm-hmm. and that fragment named Kobik would uh, essentially mindfuck the the supervillains into believing that they were like um, a productive citizen in this little town. Gotcha, and. Um, some of the citizens started realizing what was happening and when everything broke down into uh, a kind of a melee between the superheroes and the, the uh, newly remembered supervillains, the Kobik entity uh, restored Steve Rogers' youth. But what happened was she also mind fucked him into believing that he's been an agent of Hydra the entire time. Yeah. So that's, that's that's what's bringing on the secret empire uh storyline that they're telling now and it's it, it it really is a compelling story like i was really apprehensive about it at first but i've been reading the captain america steve rogers book since issue one and it's super good yeah <laughs> it's it's ridiculous how how much they have built upon that story it's kind of like um superior spider-man when they killed peter parker um in the original run after issue 700 of amazing spider-man and it was doc ock and and peter parker's body i was like there's no way that the story can can really have any longevity you know 27 issues later i was like that was so fucking good it's ridiculous yeah you know uh so and and these stories are okay because we know that they don't have like they're not gonna last 10 years right no uh we're not gonna go 
Like we're not going to bring up a generation of children that honestly believe that Captain America is an agent of Hydra. Like we we can just tell these stories, have them last a year and a half to two years or whatever, and then and then and then retcon it as as something that. Yeah, it, you know, the, it's already sort of there's, there's a preemptively red, to get them retconned. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I think those are interesting because because we've expanded the concept of of what used to we used to call either an Elseworlds book if you're a DC fan or a, or a what if if you're you yeah. know a, a, a stalwart Marvel fan, um, but we've been able to incorporate those into our our existing continuity, uh, so to speak, but but get ourselves out of it just the same. Cool. So the last two books I did not read. Uh, definitely uh, I'm going to, but X-Men Gold number three and Jean Grey number one. Any broad thoughts? Because you can't spoil it for me. Um, no, I won't. Um, X-Men three. Uh, actually, this is a really good one. Um, I'm a big fan of Kitty Pride as a team leader. Uh, this this book only kind of expands on that a little bit. Um, we get a little bit of a resolution to the um, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants uh it's 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 resolved but not resolved so there's yeah um the initial story arc is over they've got to come back in some form because that's kind of a big name to throw out there yeah but, um yeah yeah there's there's um there's tendrils that are going to be they're going to be kind of interlacing themselves into uh future stories but i think that's what makes this book so great and 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 i i really got to hand it to guggenheim on this one like he's he's actually so, so done a killer job here yeah yeah um I'm I'm interested where this book goes because it really is more like X Men stories that I am used to reading, like from the '90s and shit like that. So, cool. Um, mutants are just that. Uh, not everybody likes them. In fact, a good portion of the people hate them. But they're not like what what's happening is not something that's going to end the world if they don't stop it. It's just going to be something that 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 makes it a lot more difficult for them in the future. Cool. Um and I and I like that aspect of it. Like I don't think every X-Men story that's that's been told has to be a world-ending event. Yeah, I don't think most of them should be. In fact, I think most of them need to be smaller stories like that. Yeah. Cuz otherwise you you get a little too up your own ass. But all right, so let's wrap it up. Uh let's wrap up comics with uh Jean Grey number 1. Um, is this her first solo title? This is, yeah. yeah. Um, and and I honestly can't talk a lot about this book because uh, what happens at the end of it is definitely something that you're going to be interested in uh, going forward. Um, what I can tell you is that she is abroad by herself, out for some ramen with uh, with with a, a Banff. Do you know? Are you familiar with the Banffs? The, the night Nightcrawler. Yeah, but they're little. They're little kind of. Uh, I don't want to say I, they're not sentient because they're no. I, I just know Nightcrawler. They, they have one. His name is Pickles. <laughs> okay. And uh, and and he's 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 more of a of a pet Nightcrawler than an actual like humanoid Nightcrawler kind of a thing. Okay. Um. Anyway, so she's she's out essentially uh, hanging out with Pickles for some food. Awesome. Has As to, you do. Has to stop like an armored car robbery kind of thing. Only they're you know she's in a foreign country and shit. Um. Because I think they went to Japan or whatever, and uh, and some shit happens to her that uh, is going to be relevant later on, and I don't really want to go more into detail than that because I don't want to spoil anything. All right, cool then. Um, so we're going to close out the show. The last piece of news I have in here is wrestling related. Um, we're skipping the classic match because we've already gone two and a half hours or something like that, and we didn't watch the match pre-show. So no, we didn't. We're definitely not. I think we're both too tired to actually pause and watch it. So we're gonna we'll revisit the classic match probably the next episode. Yeah, the match what we're talking about, by the way, is going to be um, the Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin at WrestleMania 17. It's going to be a good big one. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. So we don't want to just 
you know, blow smoke up its ass by giving it five minutes worth of time. Yeah. So, um, the, the, then the last piece actually is a really short piece. Actually, I put this in here. This is a tweet that I saw, um, after we watched, uh, on payback, uh, we had, um, the Hardys up against uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. And during the match, it looked a lot like Sheamus kicked out Jeff Hardy's tooth and he fucking kicked out Jeff, Jeff Hardy's tooth. So yeah. th- this link we got in the show notes here for you is basically that. You, you get to see uh, Sheamus kind of in slow-mo kick out Jeff Hardy's tooth. So WWE was all over that on the following Raw, too, by the way. They showed it from about every different angle that yeah, you could show so it from. Just, again, want to highlight for people that are not big fans of wrestling, you can, you can say it's predetermined. But I don't think it's fair to call it fake anymore. Can I um, can I uh, elaborate on this match just a little bit more than than what we talked about last week when when the, the pay per view happened? I mean, it's your show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you keep saying that, but you know, ultimately <laughs> you're the one that edits it. So, uh, marker, marker, marker. No, yeah. no, it's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Sheamus has been a, a heel for a long time, off and on. This is not new. Uh, Cesaro though has kind of been a babyface a good portion of his career. In fact, his move set, um, you know the 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 Cesaro swing and his European uppercuts and things like that. Those are those are face those, moves. Those yeah. are face moves. Like they generate a pop. So this heel turn for them is going to be an uphill battle for Cesaro because he's going to have to dial that down because your object is not to get the crowd to pop, but it's to get booze. And so yeah, um, I'm interested to see where this is going to go just because I want to kind of see what what Cesaro does to adapt obviously Seamus has been a, a heel for so long that whatever you can kick somebody in the face it doesn't matter he did he knocked his <laughs> he tooth did. out i mean th- th- this move is like one of those uh serendipitous things because it only helps Sh- uh, Seamus as a heel yeah uh, it's obviously unintentional they probably went back and they're like oh fuck man i'm so sorry i didn't mean to kick your fucking tooth out but um th- there's no way that this doesn't help as a no. help him as a heel and, and, and I, they I, moved right into that when we were talking about i think it was raw talk or whatever after yeah, um the, yeah. the event they definitely capitalized like, yeah, on it yeah check that out i kicked his fucking tooth out yeah um, yeah uh, I don't think there was probably any locker room heat for this. I don't think so. Number either. one, it's, I, don't, it's just a, I don't think it was it is Jeff's original tooth that came out. No, I'm sure it's not. You know, so and and number two, like you can tell, like the end of that match, like with the tooth gone, like he was vamping it up for anybody that would look at that gap in his fucking oh, teeth. Oh, he so. was. Uh, um, it's kind of a testament to pretty much everybody because um, Jeff totally capitalized on the situation. Uh, and I think uh, so did Seamus and Cesaro after the fact, like after yeah. the match was over, they totally managed to capitalize and bring some more heel heat and the raw talk and so on and so forth. Yeah. So Jeff, um, Jeff is a tough son of a bitch. He is. See that? <laughs> like that's the only scary part when I say like, Oh, that must've been a fake tooth because he totally, you know, went through the whole match. That's not even a really good defense because there are some guys like we've seen what Mick Foley can do uh, through the actual shit that he's had to endure. The only thing that makes me think it's a fake tooth is because uh, a teeth bleed more than that do that that one did. I didn't so, see any blood no. uh, in in Jeff's mouth at all for that. So anyway, um, that's that's that. Yeah, that's, that's the show. Thing. I think uh, there's there's other stuff going on in wrestling these days. Um, I'm still thinking we're AJ. Gonna have to- AJ's kind of come out and, and been outspoken about some internet rumors and things like that. I guess the original rumor was that when they did the brand shakeup that he was going to go to Raw. Um, the They're saying the reason he didn't was because they would have felt it would have been so detrimental to SmackDown that they, that they the safer move was to move Bray. I don't blame him. Um, he, I don't know that that's true. Like He kind of went off a little bit saying that... Um, it's their job 
to surprise us every week rather than somebody to write it and put it on the internet and for people to read before it happens, which I kind of get. Like, if if that was my job, is this in kayfabe? No, this was this was a, a legit interview he gave. Wow, I think is somebody busting his balls over that? I think. Yeah, uh, because they, you know, you get tired of being asked the same question a bunch of times, uh, and that's i think one of the what what happened here was just like probably one too many people was like hey i heard you were supposed to go to raw what happened with that and he's like you know what fuck you guys <laughs> <laughs> it didn't surprise me and you know that's the thing about aj is i think that uh even though he's probably break, breaking kayfabe a little bit there he's probably not gonna get a lot of heat for it because aj is phenomenal like I, I, the, the, there's no the, like he he is amazing they they really and and i don't think he's wrong like or that that idea of like they can't move him to raw without hurting the smackdown brand too much like i don't think he's wrong about that i i think that vince is probably right in that moving aj to raw at some point is the best way to showcase his skills because raw is the flagship show and yeah. people tune into it every week that they do smackdown but um but in the meantime, we have Shinsuke Nakamura coming up to the main roster, um, who's right now in a program with Dolph Ziggler. But I think we're going to get AJ versus Shinsuke. Yeah, um, and I also be awesome. yeah, yeah, and and, and I think that's going to be really fucking fun. And there's yeah. a couple other guys on the roster that that um, are recent additions to that roster that are going to be um, really good for AJ. But I do think the next time there's a shakeup, he's he's going to go to the other brand. Yeah, I think so for sure too. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. If you want to tell us all about how you feel about AJ's comments, you can go on to Twitter at whatever show. Uh, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash whatever show. Yeah, we also have emails for various things. So if you want to send us questions or hate mail or whatever, questions at whatever.co. And we've got sponsorship too. If you want to sponsor the show, if you make a delightful selection of coffins uh, made from the finest particle board that uh, the failing middle class can afford, um, you can go to sponsors at whatever.co. We also drink a lot of beer on the show. So if you make a, a really tasty craft beer and and you think that the Whatever Show is the appropriate uh, channel to, to get your name out there, um, we will not only drink the shit out of your beer, but we'll talk about it. We will. We we have a very refined palate at this point uh, through lots of experience. It's <laughs> it's. I'm sure if you've listened to the show, you probably already know this, but yeah, we're good at it. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Later. <laughs>